Hi, everybody. Ever since the internet was created, it's been organized around basic principles of openness, fairness, and freedom. There are no gatekeepers deciding which sites you get to access. There are no toll roads on the information superhighway. This set of principles, the idea of net neutrality, has unleashed the power of the internet and given innovators the chance to thrive. Abandoning these principles would threaten to end the internet as we know it. That's why I'm laying out a plan to keep the internet free and open. And that's why I'm urging the Federal Communications Commission to do everything they can to protect net neutrality for everyone. They should make it clear that whether you use a computer, phone, or tablet, internet providers have a legal obligation not to block or limit your access to a website. Cable companies can't decide which online stores you can shop at or which streaming services you can use. And they can't let any company pay for priority over its competitors. To put these protections in place, I'm asking the FCC to reclassify Internet service under Title II of a law known as the Telecommunications Act. In plain English, I'm asking them to recognize that for most Americans, the Internet has become an essential part of everyday communication and everyday life. The FCC is an independent agency, and ultimately this decision is theirs alone. But the public has already commented nearly four million times asking the FCC to make sure that consumers, not the cable company, gets to decide which sites they use. Americans are making their voices heard and standing up for the principles that make the Internet a powerful force for change. As long as I'm president, that's what I'll be fighting for, too. Hey, buddy. How's it going, Chase? Hey, pretty good, Chris. Did you see the announcement there from our president? You mean the president of the United States is actually talking about the Internet? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Me, personally, Chris, you know, I'm a little skeptical here. You, Chase? I mean, I know that I just saw our president on the screen. That was uh, President, uh, you might not be familiar, uh, President Obama. Obama, our president of the United States of America. Yeah, and uh, he was talking about the Internet. The Internet. Now, I find the timing of his announcement a little peculiar. Actually, you know what's really, as long as not to derail you too far. All right, fair enough. He was in China when that hit the air. He was that was time traveler Obama. He wasn't even in the United States when that went out. I'm not shocked by that one bit. Actually. Okay, <laughs> I am because it was like weird. Okay, anyways, you were going to say. All right, so first off, don't you find that timing a of him releasing this after the midterm elections, after the Democrats got their asses handed to them? Now we put out this video. Okay, now that's one thing. Okay, so good, timing. great point right there. One, I t- just give yourself a ding. There. Give yourself a. Good point. All right. So there's one. Number two, he says that the FCC is an independent commission. Well, yes, they are an independent commission. Owned by Comcast. Owned by Comcast. Doesn't President Obama know that the person that he put in charge of the FCC is a former cable and telephone company lobbyist? So that's a very weird thing about this whole thing, isn't it? Right. Uh, Yeah, it seems like Obama, if this is truly your platform... What's with the choice? Right. What's with the appointee? Exactly. There was other choices. Right. And then there's more. Right. And, and there's more. And then? So the FCC commissioner yeah. recently announced this past, uh, I want to say two days ago, right shortly after this announcement, that uh, they were going to be delaying this decision uh, from December to, I think, January or yeah. February. Now, there's significant reason for that as well. Well, right now we're in a lame duck session of right, Congress. Right. 
The only thing that they really need to try to pass is the whole budget thing. But then the new people come into play. There's something else you're missing too. I, I know. Well, there's there's a whole bunch. But I'll no, let but you I jump mean in. specifically in this time frame, yeah. there's something else that was supposed to happen in December. What's that? And that was the approval of the Comcast Time Warner. Oh, merger, that's right. Yes. Where Comcast would then have seventy percent of broadband services in the United States. Right. Now we're going to get into all of this in today's show. Yes, what you are getting, what you are talking about right now. We are we're scratching the surface of where we're going to yes. go today. We're going to get into this, including what the hell Title Two is. Yep. What the problems with Title Two are. What yep. the advantages of Title Two are. What the pros. What the, what the people that are for net neutrality are saying. With people like Ted Cruz against net neutrality are saying. Right. And we're going to cover the whole spectrum here on Unfilter because this is one of the, this is one of the topics where all of a sudden. Now, now politics yep. have latched onto a technology issue. Yeah, you're right. Yep. And and guess where Unfilter is sitting? In the perfect position at that intersection the, between technology and politics. Right in between the two big Just bosoms. Just cupping them. Right there, right in the cleavage. Or, if you prefer, the man bag. I mean, it doesn't have to be cleavage. You're I could right. be cupping Absolutely. a man bag if, if it's a man bag Did I neutrality. say female cleavage? Good point, sir. You and I both rock the cleavage. Yes, <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, Get the pictures out of your head, you guys. So, t- t- kind of an interesting timing of events. Before Obama's videos and his whole press packet and WhiteHouse.gov page went up, something even more interesting happened earlier in the day regarding net neutrality. And that is Code Pink had some of their members at the FCC chairman's house protesting. That's right. And protesters pushing for net neutrality are taking their efforts one step further. I'm sorry, but we can't let you go to work today because you work for Comcast. So first of all, the fact that the FCC commissioner is driving a Mini Cooper, I mean, you say what you will about like making all this money from Comcast and, and the wireless industry. But... Actually, that's the wife's car. Oh, okay. Right. Well, they're sitting in I front of it either way. I don't know that for way. sure, yeah. That's for Verizon and AT&T and not for the people. And so we can't let you go there because you're selling us out on internet neutrality. See, you know what? God, she's not... I, I wouldn't go that way. I would be like... Oh, well, hold on. Her point is, we can't let what, you go to work because you're working for Comcast. Right. See, what I would do is, we're here because you're deciding not to show up at the FCC hearings that are happening in New right, York and other right. parts of the country. Yeah. You're not showing up yeah. so we can talk to you. So this is the only way that we can talk right. to you. That's a huge problem. That's, yeah, that's a, huge a huge problem that problem. the mainstream media is not giving enough They're attention They're not showing to. up at the hearings. So... This time, going directly to FCC Chairman Tom Wheeler's home in Washington, D.C., Monday morning, net neutrality advocate... Now, to be fair, it's they say protesters. It's four people. Yeah. Uh, four people and a camera person. Yeah. And what does Wheeler do? Like a slick pro, he poses for photos with them. Blocked Wheeler's driveway. Look at this guy. He He's holding the sign for them. Confronting him over a plan that would allow... He's some holding the sign. You know Comcast chills right now are going, man! This You're is why. Us. That's oh. why this man got the job right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is why he got the job because yeah. because they needed somebody with the instincts to handle this situation for the so-called fast lanes for access to the internet. As protesters captured this video of the demonstration, the- so they are protesting what was sort of the up and front running proposition before the, Obama the, came. What along. the hybrid? Uh, the, the hybrid approach, plan, yeah. where you'd have uh, your critical interconnects that would be regulated by the FCC, and it would also sort of. Uh, allow for uh, you could buy fast lanes or, or your Well, they would lanes. put the interconnects under that title too, yes, but the, the end mile thing would still right. be us. Right, exactly. Yeah.
Yeah, essentially. Uh, and I, you know, you could tell. I mean, there and, and then it, it sounded like there would be like obvious definitions between business class internet and consumer class internet, right. good and bad. Yep. Uh, so uh, that was the current proposal until Obama came along and kind of dropped a bombshell that the FCC commissioner didn't even know was coming. Uh, I got a clip here from uh, Amy Goodman's Democracy Now, the War and Peace report, where it's a little dry, but this is pretty important, and uh, they kind of summarize what happened. DemocracyNow.org, the War and Peace report. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Hello, Juan. Well, as President Obama attends trade talks in China, he used a video message on Monday to issue a strong statement in favor of a free and open Internet. He called for the Federal Communications Commission to uphold the principle of net neutrality by classifying the Internet as a public utility. Obama said such protections would prevent Internet service providers like Comcast from blocking access to websites, slowing down content or providing paid fast lanes for Internet service. Cable companies can't decide which online stores you can shop at or which streaming services you can use. And they can't let any company pay for priority over its competitors. To put these protections in place, I'm asking the FCC to reclassify Internet service under Title II of a law known as the Telecommunications Act. In plain English, I'm asking them to recognize that for most Americans... Remember that Title II. We're going to dig into that some more here. The Internet has become an essential part of everyday communication and everyday life. The FCC is an independent agency, and ultimately this decision is theirs alone. But the public has already commented nearly four million times. President Obama's proposal comes as his appointed FCC chairman, Tom Wheeler, a former lobbyist for the cell phone and cable industries, is considering breaking with the president on net neutrality. According to The Washington Post, Wheeler met with officials from Google, Yahoo, Etsy and on Monday and told them he preferred a more nuanced solution. Wheeler reportedly said, quote, what you want is what everyone wants, an open Internet that doesn't affect your business. What I've got to figure out is how to split the baby. Uh, On Monday, protesters called on Wheeler to favor net neutrality as they blockaded his driveway when he attempted to go to work. All right, let's stop here. Uh, So uh, let's talk about Title II for a second, and then we'll get into— So, yeah, okay. Well, uh, or maybe before we get to that, do you think it's worth mentioning, like—it's funny, Chase. Like, I I, I guess I maybe— mistakenly have not really fully considered this to be a political issue to me it's a technological issue it's a it's a business and technological issue and after obama did this yeah. you saw a lot of response from the right that came out as sort of like i guess i didn't fully appreciate that why does it have to be the right that said that's against net neutrality well, the, the first thing that we heard from the right is our your good friend of the show yeah my ted, buddy ted cruz yeah, ted cruz right oh, good friend great friend my great friend god so he, he called it the obamacare for the internet right he says we don't need the government he to tweeted, operate he tweeted or, this i'm out. sorry we don't need the internet to operate at government speed is what he said right uh his tweet later on that day was deleted uh no doubt because of all the uh Probably feedback he got from it. Uh, basically, even the oatmeal got involved. I know. I, yeah, I, I put a link to that in the show yeah. notes if you guys want to check it out. That was great. Yeah. No. I. So. So here's what Title Two is all about, you guys. Basically, there there are multiple sections uh, of Title Two, but basically it breaks down to six sections that are involved here. So Section Two Hundred One, which is services and charges companies would have. Uh, to charge a reasonable sum for their service. Discrimination, they wouldn't be able to discriminate over the service. 
Uh, for example, you know, they couldn't say, well, we would block this site. Oh, by the way, going back to Obama's announcement, I go back to Title, uh, title yeah. II real quick. Yeah. He talked about legal sites. Did you ever catch that during yeah, his that speech? Yeah, that bugs the crap out and of me. And that bugs me, too, because yeah. what's to determine who says it's legal and, or not and, and who's going to rubber and, stamp and, it? And, and to be honest with you, like some of the uh, Usenet indexing sites that I use mm-hmm. th- for legitimate purposes have been shut down. And they just are all of a sudden illegal sites, and they just they just go offline. I'm well, like, well, I was a paying member for that yeah. site. Well, I saw a note uh, someone noted uh, about you know Snowden's documents, that mm-hmm. he, you know WikiLeaks and all that illegal well, site. That's illegal. We cannot have that on the internet. That seems like it would definitely be, especially that would, that would shut it down. Also, remember in the background too that Feinstein and, and team are working on legislation that essentially defines what a journalist is. Right. For right. leaks and yeah, get those bloggers out of here. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, also. Uh, Complaints, people would be able to complain. Uh, people's privacy would have to be respected. Don't know what that means in, in the internet world. This is according to Obama. Uh, no, this is Title Two. This is what Title Two oh, is. Oh, 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 oh. Um, well, so yeah, you know, <clears throat> that is a good question. Like, how does Title Two really? Uh, how does that really address that? You know, when I look at it, so well, the, the discrimination is is the big one. Discrimination. You can't discriminate right, over that, service. You're right. That is the big one. Yeah. Uh, so there's uh, Title Two. All in told, has seventy six sections to it. Yeah, uh, it was it was it's been recently massaged. I think as recently as two thousand and ten, but don't quote me on that. Uh, the the sections that we care about are uh, uh, the ones that reclassify broadband: two hundred one, two hundred two, two hundred eight, two two two, two fifty four, and two fifty five. Put together, these six sections are pretty light on regulation. However, there's a major disadvantage that those of us need to consider that are for this. Mm-hmm. They are horribly out of date. So, uh, for example, there's a reference in Section 201 of Title II that says the law may not impact the ability of common carriers to furnish reports of positions of ships at sea to newspapers of general circulation. (laughs) Okay? There is a provision of their protect businesses that are involved in monitoring the positions of ships at sea and how they report that to newspapers. Right? This is how old this is. Section 202 reveals the startling sum of penalties. So we get some idea if 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 we reclassify these guys under Title II, mm-hmm. if we reclassify Comcast, if we reclassify Verizon under Title II, and then they fail to follow the regulation, yeah. how much do they pay? Not a lot. According to the current Title II legislation, Section 202 reveals a starting sum of six six $6,000 for each offense. 300 for each and every day of the continuation of the offense, so a $300 a day charge. At those rates, for example, AT&T wouldn't exactly be trembling in its boots. In today's currency, if, if that legislation was written today, those numbers, like instead of $6,000, would be $100,000. Yeah, make it hurt. That's the difference in just when that was written. That $6,000 today... Or uh, I'm sorry, six thousand dollars then represents a hundred thousand dollars today. That's how out of date Title Two is. Okay, now what? What's my point here? My point is this is ancient, ancient, ancient stuff that we want to apply to the frickin' internet. One of the most dynamic, quickly expanding, ever changing things we have ever known as a frickin' hairless species, yep. right? As as the monkeys that finally made it out of the jungle, we've invented the internet, and it's incredible. And this is what we want to apply to it. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm saying, boy, that gives me pause when I read shit like that. When I read when I read how out of date this is, and the Register really did a fantastic job. In fact, they have a multi-page uh, article. 
that I've I've tried to put a lot of the good stuff in the show notes so that we don't have to go read the whole thing. I, uh, but there's some really good stuff in this article that's like, oh, that does make me a little concerned. Yeah, I saw, I believe it was an R's article yesterday in regards to net neutrality. And one of the easiest, I think, things that they should do, and I think they might have did this in the DSL world. I'm not sure. But yeah. basically open up the last mile to anybody – Right. Yes. But not only that, but get rid of these protectionist laws in the states that are that are. I think there's like 30 states where municipalities can't form their own ISPs uh, and can't start up their own thing. I, I think a lot of this, what we have going on here, that Comcast is doing and AT and T and Verizon, is there is no competition. There is no legitimate competition in multiple markets. But here's where that kind of falls down. So we have, so, so here's your example, DSL, right, where the government stepped in and said the last mile has to be opened up to competition, right? right? Yeah. What's happened since that was made, since that happened? Well, DSL sucks. Yeah. So because, Well, because the phone companies didn't want to invest in their infrastructure anymore. Bingo. Right. And so what happens right here at JB1? I end up having to go with Comcast. That's your only option. Unless I want crappy slow speeds from DSL. Right. But that's not that's but, that's not but, competition. But Comcast, so I pay I pay an incredible amount of money for the business line and it's almost after taxes, it's almost $300 a month. Right. For for 100 up I'm sorry, 100 down, I think 25 or 50 up. Right. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yep. Almost $300. I could get like seriously, I could get like 10 down. 700 and something up from Verizon yeah. over DSL. Right. It is pathetic. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. They, they, just, they just gave up after that happened. Right. So, so you know, right now, like in our state, in the state of Washington, uh, municipalities cannot, you know, start their own internet access companies. They just can't. They can't go and lay fiber out to their citizens. Right. They can't do these kind of things and, and compete anymore well and what really gets me is after this came out like to just pile on at&t said they plan to pause a hundred city fiber build out because of the net neutrality rules they say at&t this is the this is the ceo of at&t said today that at&t will pause on investments in fiber networks until the net neutrality debate is over the statement came two days after president obama urged the fcc to reclassify broadband and you know what you're, you might kill me, and people might kill me for uh, for saying this, but you know what? He he should, and and the, and the reason is simple. I mean, you know, everybody's going to be coming down on AT and T, big bad evil company, whatever. You know, yeah, they're putting money into uh, fiber, and they're and they're trying to update, but at the same time, they don't want to you know invest their company resources for yeah. someone else just to go ahead and come you in know, at the last month. I mean, like I I based on, on our last argument, on principle, I agree with you, except yeah. for to me, let's think about this. AT&T, right? Yeah. You think that a company that that big changes direction on a rollout of fiber across 100 cities in 2 days? No. 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 You don't. <laughs> no, you no, don't no. do that, no, right? No. So this is just a convenient excuse. Like this is something like that they weren't planning on doing it anyway. Well, no, or... they committed to it but then they couldn't pull it off and now this is a convenient excuse right. not to do it. But I think we need to go back and and look we know that the Republicans are all coming in in December or after December, yeah. uh, shortly thereafter. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other thing too, obviously, is you got that Comcast merger. You got that Comcast merger. Yeah, time, uh, Time Warner. Yep. Time so Warner. I got. Yeah. So here's what I figured. I so let's bring in uh, a couple of folks 
that know a lot about this. Okay. Uh, so the first one we're going to hear is anti-net neutrality. This is, uh, ironically enough, former FCC commissioner Michael Powell. Oh, Michael Powell, who is now a uh, he. I believe. Let me. I just actually just looked it up. He is the president of the lobbyist trade group for the National Cable and Telecommunications Association. Huh. Now, here's why you're an unfiltered patron. Ladies and gentlemen, at <laughs> patreon.com slash unfiltered. Yes. Because if we were ever to have something like that on the show, like we just did, mm-hmm. we would disclaim that fact. I'm about to play you a clip from mainstream media, which does not ever bother to disclaim that this guy is the president of a lobbyist group. Right. They don't mention it. No. Nope. Don't even – that might imp- – just might <laughs> imply that he has something to do. He may, yes. might just maybe imply that he has some yes. some bias in this matter. But yep. no, nope, don't mention it. Okay. Anyways, right. so here is uh, his argument. Now, all of that said, it's a reasonable argument, and let's hear it out. All right. The president calling on the Federal Communications Commission to set new tough rules to make all Internet traffic equal. How would this impact not only the cable and Internet companies, but also the consumer? Joining us now is former FCC chairman and National Cable and Telecommunications Association CEO and president, Michael Powell. Michael, great to see you. Got a haircut. Uh, Great to see you. The big question, should the FCC be regulating the Internet as if it was a utility? I think he's going to say no. I think the simple answer is no. All you have to look at (laughs) is the state of utility infrastructure in the United States with crumbling roads, which breaking water pipes uh, and browning out electrical grids. All right. So fair point. Chase, name me the utility in the United States of America that is flourishing right now. That is the beacon of example for the rest of the world to refer to. Uh, The richest nation in the world, Chase. The the America, the United it, States of America. What let me, is let me say this: public- If you're going to generalize, yeah, it's going to suck. However, yeah, however, does. when I look, when I think of it in every, when I think of my water, when I yeah. think of my sewer, when I think of my power, yeah. when I all of it, Chase, the roads, yeah. all of it. Yeah. But that being said, mm. I look at a few local utilities that have that have tried to do it right, and you know they try to find innovative ways to you know bring in power like our local PUD was looking at title power you know they're looking at grants yeah, yeah. uh Chelan PUD which is over the hill Wenatchee area they're one of the first PUDs to actually lay fiber on all their poles that's very true so so there are some companies out there but those those are public utility districts those are districts that are formed that are accountable to the general public they're not private corporations trying to make a profit uh so I'm a little biased in that arena but yes, generally I agree. The roads are awful, at least here in the state. By the way, when I drove down the California, Oregon had the best roads out of, really? out of all three states I drove through. So, uh, and 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 as long as we're on the same line of thinking, yeah, would you consider seriously and honestly? Okay, I, I'm, I'm with you. I know my answer. Internet service to your house is yes. that as important as I'm not going to say power, but I'll, I'll say is that as important as water? Or phone service to your uh, house? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's one of those things. If you had to choose between no water service to your house for a week or no internet service to your house for a week, which would you choose? No water. Me too. Yeah. I mean, maybe because we're podcasters. I don't know. Maybe no, no, we no, skew no. that way. I mean, everything that we do, bill payments, uh, sensitive Im- emails and information. Your wife's work, right? My, my, if it wasn't for the internet, my yeah. wife wouldn't be able to work, right? period. Well, me neither. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, me neither, too. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, really, really. Everybody. So. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. So it is in that sense, I believe, absolutely. And then we talk about 
the shit state of yeah. the United States economy yeah. and yeah. like the art, like oh, no manufacturing here is really happening. Really, like our best chance for future innovation is on the internet. But it, the problem is a lot of these companies that Mr. Michael Powell here is going to defend here in a second. Yeah. Would be fi- they filed lawsuits to prevent uh, states and municipalities right. to won't. like for example where we're building highways and roads yeah let's lay fiber with it yeah well we're already there right but no 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 we can't fight do that. that they fight municipal it every Wi-Fi step of the deployments way. right they fight that every so, single so step of the way he's gonna basically throw us into the dirt well you know what part of that is your own damn fault well, because let me you ask won't you let this. us do it would you be happy if if, if internet was essentially everywhere it yeah. was. Plurific. It was like everywhere you went, you always had Wi-Fi. Let's just pie right. in the sky. Fair enough. But it was shit. It was slow. It was three meg. Let's say on average, it's three megabits. Right. Like, is internet everywhere, but worse, better than internet only in some places, and you have to pay more for it? I'm going to throw that back at you with another question. All right. You can get water pretty much anywhere yeah. for free. Yeah. You got to think about it. Like, you could stop off at a park, drink a little bit from the from the open water fountain there. But do you like to? No. Do you, do you like to drink from that nasty? No, I, I avoid it right. all the time, it, pretty it's, much. It, but but it's it's okay if you really really need it. Like if you need that thirst, if right. you're if you're thirsty and you need that free water, you go for it. I think it's in the same way. The only thing that the only I mean, can you I, trust the I, connection? I, I track. I mean, I, I actually I like this a lot. But the only thing I caution is I don't know if it is a if it is an apt comparison because water by its very nature is a limited resource. Whereas bits well, are not. Well, water does come from the sky. Right, I know. But like, there's only so much purified water we True. have available. of course. Yeah. But, but bits are endless. Right. right? There's, there's no limitation on that. All you have to do is update the infrastructure. And I mean, right. we, we already know like one strand of fiber right. can do unlimitless stuff. Right. It's, it's the matter of the backhaul infrastructure that needs so to be that's improved. So that's, that's where I start to think, well, I mean, I can when you, when you compare it to water, that makes sense. But yeah. when you think about water, there are two different types of resources. Yeah, and, you know, and it's one of those things where, and I know we're going to touch into this, but it, it's a weird slope because right now, I mean, you have Comcast in some areas, not everywhere, where they have these bandwidth caps. Yeah. And, you know, you in and our I, area, what is it? 300 or 250? 300, but they're not enforcing it right now. Not, oh, they're not? Not really, no. Have you ever gotten a letter? No, but I've been on Frontier forever. Oh. Or Fios. I've been on Fiber so forever. I've been From on Frontier right. to Frontier. Yeah. So just quick aside. Yeah. I've been on same thing. Yeah. At the house yeah. for the last five, six years. You ever got a Frontier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a, we moved really? Into we got a letter. When you moved here? Yeah. When, oh. we, when we turned on service here. And there was a there was a system that just automatically did some searching and downloaded some things, uh-huh. and and to be honest, it was just like two or three things. It wasn't like a lot of things. Yeah, and we got a letter from Comcast. But I thought you had business class service. We do. I thought that that's why I just let the search thing just do its own thing because I figured, well, we got business class. Yeah. No, we got a letter. We got a warning. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Anyways, continue on with your story. Yeah. No. I kind of lost the train of thought, but but it, it but it's it's one of those things where you know you right now with with bandwidth caps and everything they provide you with a me- meter, but you have no real way of knowing if it's accurate or not. It's not under the uh, the same conditions, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. of of weights and measures right. through your state or your counties or whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, unlimited is not really unlimited because they can throttle it back. You know, once you reach a certain cap, and I think that what the FTC is still. Got the the uh, the phone companies under wraps on that on the unlimited thing. I don't know if you remember hearing about that. AT and T, yeah, AT and T. So, in this scenario, 
yeah, we moved the title too, and then what? Uh, just like water, everything's metered, and they're going to charge you an exorbitant amount of money if you want to use internet at, well, at a full speed. I mean, so, like you said, bits are bits. I mean, they're an unlimited resource, so now they're going to try to put an artificial cap on it. I mean, these numbers, 300 gigs, is obvious to protect Comcast's television interests. Well, what it really – well, there's that. I mean, because they want they want to make it easier and cheaper they, for the consumer to watch video content from Comcast instead of download it. But honestly, from a network operations standpoint, what it really is, it's to disincentivize you to be dis, disproportionately more aggressive than the average user. So if you think of the average consumer on the internet on, on Comcast, they're checking email – they're doing Facebook. They're they're maybe watching Netflix like a few times a week, but then you have people like me who download maybe a couple of terabytes in a month. Yeah, and I am disproportionately more heavy on their demand. So like, you know, you look at the like they, if they pull up graphs on their routers and switches, and they, if they could tag Chris Fisher to all that traffic, you know, I show up as I mean, there is some justification from a network management standpoint. If I am using not just you know, a couple of times more, but maybe 20 times more traffic or five times more traffic or 10 times more traffic than 98% of other people. Well, the, but they're also seeing more and more people starting to do more and more stuff online. Yeah. Online backup. This is the hardest movie. thing, right? Because technology, like, like yeah. you know, Angie and I were just talking about, uh, so we have Ting and I watch my data usage yeah. and we send way more pictures than we used to. Yeah. So the data usage just naturally goes up, even if I don't add any more apps, because as technology gets more advanced, it gets thicker. You get more. You get more media. You get more functionality. You get more connectivity, and it uses more data. See, I honestly think that there are a lot more people than the five percent that these right. companies are. I agree with that too. And because there's no public disclosure, we right. have no way of knowing for sure. It's a way to shame. And, right. They're like and well, prove a point. Right. Well, you know, the majority of people don't use that much data. Yeah. You know, and so what happens is, you know, how every, can we refute that because right. we don't see the source? Right. And then everybody gets this generalization, and yes. they feel like, oh, well, you know what? I, I, I don't use that much, or I shouldn't yeah. use that much because yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm one of the bad. That's how I feel. Right. Yeah. All right, right, so yeah. let's uh, let's let this law, this president of the lobbyist group, uh, tell us why. Now, uh, remember, you guys, remember this guy was the former FCC yeah. chairperson yeah. installed by Clinton, I believe. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, why this is actually kind of fascinating. Yeah, so uh, let's hear from the uh, from this unbiased unbiased guy. And ask yourselves: Is that a superior way to regulate the most dynamic infrastructure in world history? And I think the obvious answer is no. What about the accusations, Michael? And we're thrilled to have you because you're... God, stop sucking. Seriously. ...comment has real heft here, but what about the accusations that the little guy gets shut out? We just had Larry Flint, the founder and chairman of Hustler, and of course the porn <laughs> sorry, industry... Sorry. No. Well, okay. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> they are so playing to their audience, it's not I, even funny. I know. I know. So first of you all... Guys, guys, hopefully you, can, you see this. You can tell... Oh my you God. can tell, like... Like how appreciative the media is to get access to these people. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Thank You're you. You're such an expert on this. Now, now listen, Chase, to the pun that she's about to accidentally make, uh-huh. and the true professionalism. Because if this was us and this was said, we'd totally interrupt the show and laugh about it. Yeah. But so she's talking about. I'm going to back it up a little bit. She's talking about Larry Flint in the porn industry, right? <laughs> Larry Flint, like he's the expert on like the, the the modern day porn industry. And by the way, we're talking about you know print ish. You know, it's hustler. You know, stations that the little guy gets shut out. We just had Larry Flint, the founder he's and chairman of Hustler, guy. and of course the porn industry uses the pipes quite a bit when it comes to the internet. Oh! 
He said, you know, there are some companies that get trampled by the bigger ones and that the Comcast and the Time Warner Cables of the world might hurt little startup companies. Is, is there a way to bridge that gap without regulating and being onerous when it comes to Internet? Okay, Just so pay more money. Sharon's asking for it. I got to do it. Let's let's just play it back. And then don't forget, uh, this is uh, like just glossed <laughs> right over. Like, you know, they're, they, they're really concerned, concerned about it. I just, he almost looks like he wants to bust up. But. I know, right? By the bigger ones and that the Comcast and the Time Warner Cables of the world might hurt about the accusations <laughs> 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 that oh, the little go. guy gets shut out. We just had Larry Flint, the founder and chairman of Hustler, and of course the porn industry uses the pipes quite a bit when it comes to the internet. He said, Ooh, you know, there yeah. are some companies that get trampled by the bigger ones and that the Comcast and the Time Warner Cables of the world might hurt little startup companies. Is, is there a way to bridge that gap without regulating and being onerous when it comes to internet? I think the short answer is, of course, it's, in, it's easy to hypothesize a bunch of theoretical harms, but for nearly 20 years, the government has not regulated this infrastructure. Actually, to their credit, I didn't realize they actually did put it in the lower third there. You'd have to know, uh, you'd have to know as a casual viewer, as a casual viewer, what the hell NCTA, NCTA is. But yeah, I mean, to their credit, they actually, I didn't realize it, but they do have it in the lower third yeah. for you audio listeners. Yeah, but fair enough. You know, if I'm watching this and I'm 65 years old and I'm on my dial-up internet connection, you hear, just, you hear the former FCC commissioner. That's all I hear. Sure, or impose this kind of regime, uh, and there's no demonstrable evidence that companies in the ISP industry of any size have ever attempted to do the things that these rules are supposedly true, intended to preserve Mr. or protect. President. So I don't think there's any evidence uh, of yes, that risk, is. and I think the government uh, should have to have a higher standard of oh. burden of proof. Uh, before it asserts such a muscular uh, regulatory arm around such a critical infrastructure. There's also a danger, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's paranoia, maybe it's real, on the part of a lot of people who have put stuff on the Internet, that the FCC may try to regulate content. Would that be a, a, a very difficult jump for it to make if it got into any kind of regulation? I don't think it would be a difficult thing to make. For example, um, the definition of what a telecom service is under the statute that the president's calling for being used as our national Internet policy uh, is so ambiguously written, I think it could easily encompass a whole host of applications, services, and innovation we never imagined were regulated by the FCC. All right, I want to stop right here. So we got to talk his, about a couple of things. Right, well, first, his point talking about there's been no evidence is bull. I know. I, agree. I mean, we I agree. we it's, already know the documentation we, about you, Netflix you, and, and the the you know like level three providers. Sure, and you can actually see uh, Comcast has released public apologies for manipulating like BitTorrent traffic. Yeah. They've rolled back on it, but yes. they had to get caught first. Yeah, they got caught, and yeah. then obviously Netflix was basically stuck between a rock and a hard place. They you know they didn't want to piss off any more customers. They kept taking their customers say, well, go to your cable companies, but cable companies are like, ha, we don't have to do anything. There's nobody else. All right, I want to talk about something real quick. All right, go for it. Now, you and I. Yes. We enjoy uh, the ability to say whatever the hell we want on the internet. Uh, I know where you're going, yes. Now, what he just said there, he just said, and, and I mean, you know what? Maybe I'll just I'll just back it up a little bit. I All want right. to play this. The definition of what a telecom service is under the statute that the president's calling for being used as our national internet policy uh, is so ambiguously written, I think it could easily encompass a whole host of applications, services, and innovation we never imagined were regulated by the FCC. And see, this is what really bothers me, is new things could come along that could get trapped, yeah. get sort of sort of anchored down. But I want to back, before yeah. we even go to that, just zoom out a little bit. Yeah. 
one of the things when we're, when we're discussing something like the government stepping in and regulating the Internet, you have to think about what political climates could be like in the future, what future administrations might want to do, yeah. what future Congresses might want to do. Sure, today's Congress, today's uh, administration may have one idea, but a future administration could have another. Right. So when I hear things like the FCC could step in and potentially regulate content, I start to think think of things like the unfiltered. Well, show. the president already said it in his speech, talking about legal content, and I'm using air quotes here. Ding yourself. Exactly. This is where I start to get really weird. What I like, and maybe this is just because this kind of cuts close to to how I make my money. Oh yeah. But to me, this sounds like we are potentially opening ourselves up to the beginnings of a rolling back of a lot of types of free speech we enjoy on the Internet. To say things like movies and television shows and audio streams, they could be classified as types of content that could... I mean, this... You know, the No Agenda show for five years has joked about podcast licensing. Yeah. And when I hear this, I start to think maybe they're right. By the way, you got your podcast license? I think I might need to get one. Like, when I hear this, I think, holy crap. I mean, for a long time I laughed, but now when I hear this, I think... That, and I don't think but maybe today. Kinda, I don't but think they, maybe today, but yeah. I think maybe maybe in 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 five years, maybe in eight years. But right? already branches of the government are already shutting down websites, you know, and the, you get the big stamp of Homeland Security right on the homepage, you know, and there's it feels like there's no due process. And I guess it is regards. already happening. I mean, it is already. But is this happening. would be more about what you say, wouldn't it? Because it's like the way they go after radio stations about what they say on air. True. Uh, however, those. Regulations and mandates are based upon the fact that they have a frequency. Yeah. You know, it, there's yeah. radio involved. Right. I, I I call that a little bit of a different arena. I, yeah, I think it is like it's projecting. Like it's right. it's way worst case scenario down the road. Right. But I guess what my point is is Title Two kind of op- opens us up to a future where things like that could be a possibility. I wouldn't say that necessarily because I also look at this from the scope of remember when we want to classify it as a utility. Right. So this comes down to, well, let's look at our utilities that we have now. Well, I have water and the water is usually charged based on the cost of, you know, for them to get that water out of the ground and filter and usage and things like that. Uh, Power, same way. I'm just paying for what I use. They don't really care what I use it for. Technically, I mean, I'm just using power, right? Um, but if you were the power company or you were the water company, see, in this case, you and I, let's just be, it's not the best, but let's just stick with water. Right. In this case, you and I are the water company. We are the ones deciding what ingredients go in the water to sterilize it, how that water is processed, and how we get it out there. Right. And that is exactly where they step in and have a lot of rules. Right. I mean, obviously, to keep us safe. I mean, quote unquote. I, obviously, we need to have the the Telecommunications Act updated. But at the same time, there's so many more lobbying groups now. There's so many more fingers in the pie that everyone, especially like if the RIAA or right. the MPAA, here's, or happen to be oh, best friends oh, with the vice president. Oh my president. god, they're, they're going to rewrite the rules. We got to get our stuff in there. You know, and and well, and that also concerns me because remember the three strikes in your outlaw. Yeah. Or not law. It's it's an unofficial the guideline. Or agree, no, it's yeah. an agreed upon policy yeah. between all of the major ISPs that the mother frickin' Obama administration played a key role in developing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we'll, we'll continue yeah. on with our anti-net neutrality uh, clip. Yeah. Services like Skype uh, or voice over IP like Vonage, even the Kindle book reader, you could argue, is a telecom service. If the government uh, is going to start looking at all uh, 
internet ecosystem through those lenses. It's okay. dangerous. So there are people who are cringing when the president says adopt the strictest regulation possible when it comes to the internet. Uh, you just mentioned Vonage. You mentioned a couple of other names. Uh, the, the cable guys, they spend a lot of money to make sure that things run relatively well. Should the Netflix of the world, though, or the 12-year-old kids who are downloading four movies at a time... Oh, just- God! Oh, come on! First of all, I am not 12 years old. And it's more like 30 movies at a time. Get it right, lady. And it's like ultra Blu-ray stuff. Come on. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, but this but is... But seriously, that generalization... Sucks. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a narrative that, remember, that they're trying to push to their audience for their ratings and their numbers. Well, and, and also, this is Fox Business, right? The, the, border, the underlying thing on Fox Business is you're going to care about that stock price. And after Obama did this, stock prices tanked. A teeny bit more than somebody like me who's just trying to print a Google Doc. I think it's a... Oh, so her point was the four, the, the, the 12-year-old kid downloading four movies at a time versus me who just wants to print a Google Doc. That doesn't seem fair. In fact, I'm going to back it up just a little bit because what he wants to do and what he is doing, what you are about to hear from the former FCC commissioner is essentially at a high meta level what the major telecom arguments are for tiered pricing. So listen closely because this is the logical, this is why tiered pricing makes sense arguments. ...of the world, though, or the 12-year-old kids who are downloading four movies at a time... Just pay a teeny bit more than somebody like me who's just trying to print a Google Doc. I think it's a fair point. I mean, I understand the, 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 the mythology of the Internet and its, its wonderful contribution to the country is demonstrable. Sure. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, why should my mother or grandmother who are emailing lightly have to pay for and subsidize their next door neighbor who might be watching five high def movies a night? Uh, and to suggest that only end users should have to compensate for that uh, under a heavy regulated regime is to shove the burden um, to other people. And, and there's an al- element of equity uh, that has to be considered there. My- uh, uh, can you parse what he just said for me? So uh, he says it shoves the burden of equity to others. Michael, getting back to your first point about uh, how efficient the government bureaucracies are, we just had an election in which the public pretty soundly rejected the idea of of micromanagement from the government. In, in pri- <laughs> that's a bit of an extraction, but okay, yeah, a little bit, but private okay. sector affairs. Uh, then you have the FCC chairman coming out and talking about this potential new regulation as a double-barreled approach to the government getting involved in the internet. How does that make you feel? What does that language mean to you? Well, I, th- I have to say that when the government uses metaphors of, of, of pointing shotguns at one of the healthiest industries in the country, y- you ought to be worried. Um, this is the most vibrant sector in our entire economy. The cable telecommunications sector is the number one investor in the United States. It has plowed in over a trillion dollars mm. yeah. over the last decade. Do you hear not- her, by the way? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, wow. Yeah, with how much in billions of tax credits? Crumble one bit during the recession, continue to employ Americans, uh, and continue to grow and expand capacity. I, I scratch my head to understand why a sector that vibrant uh, needs the sort of regulatory muscle right. uh, that these proposals suggest. He's even admitting they're running wild. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's funny, Lou in the chat room says, well, you could also think of it the other way around. Uh, should I subsidize maybe, say, the, re- the elderly or somebody who wears dentures just because they don't know about YouTube or Steam? Now I have to pay an extra 5 to $10 because they don't know about those things? Right. Yeah. No. I mean, he, he completely obviously glosses over the point 
of of the whole Netflix situation. Um, yeah, there, there are people that like to watch their content, but he 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 completely ignores the fact that a lot of these internet service companies are also content providers, right. and they are protecting their investments by imposing bogus uh, caps or intentionally throttling connections yep. or intentionally not updating key parts of their infrastructure. You just nailed it, and that's why our pro net neutrality argument comes from the Discovery CEO because Discovery is an independent network that is trying to sell their content to companies like Comcast. And the point that the Discovery CEO is about to make is this is a dynamic argument today, but imagine this argument in a world, say, the summer of 2015, where Comcast now owns 70% of the broadband market and something similar to that in the content TV de- in the content delivery business, oh. and uh, that's his point he makes. So now our pro-net neutrality one, argument. One last thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, disclosure here. Discovery recently, over the past year and a half, bought Revision bought 3. Bought Revision 3, which yeah. is an internet-only company yeah. and network, Yeah, and they bought them. And, well, and so what's interesting about yeah. this guy is, so you think about Discovery. He's selling Discovery content to every cable company around the world, not just the U.S. Cable and satellite, so all providers. Right. So yeah. he's coming at it with like a multi-market perspective, yep. and they've got Discovery Digital, which owns Revision 3. So he's coming at it from the ISP internet perspective, too. Yep. So that's why I actually think he was a pretty good get for this interview. Yeah, totally. All right, let's take a listen. I was sort of scratching my head about yesterday because this whole time going up against this deadline where a lot of people are expecting the Time Warner cable Comcast deal to close. Uh, And yet, even though they're going to be dominant, I mean, let's face it, they're going to be dominant in broadband. Here you have the president coming out and saying, let's regulate this. Do you think those comments yesterday tell us anything about whether or not this deal passes? Well, I think it certainly says that it's going to take more time. Um, uh, uh, Wheeler yesterday, the chairman of the FCC, said that he's going to step back and they're going to need to t- get some more comments and take another look at this, uh, which means that the overall process of the, of the Comcast Time Warner deal will take more time. So we're probably talking about the summer now. But I think the implications and the stakes are significant. As you say, Comcast will be controlling 17 of the top 20 markets on the programming side and 70 percent of broadband. You know. 17 of the top 20 markets in programming yep. Yep. and 70% of the broadband. That is a devastating market share. That's that's monopoly. That's that's, that's an empire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, specifically here in the U.S., the FCC and the Justice Department are going to make those determinations. I can tell you we do business in 230 countries. We're the number one international pay TV uh, media company in the world. And in markets where you have a monopolist on broadband or... Uh, you have monopsony power on the content side, it usually does not end well for consumers. Consumers don't have as much choice. It usually uh, results in issues in pricing and packaging. And maybe more importantly, uh, from a content perspective, in markets where there's monopsony power, there's usually a significant reduction in content investment. Why spend a lot of money on channels, on programming, on content to enrich the experience of viewers uh, when you, when the only way you're going to do that in, is, is if you think you can get significant value for it. So this is his agenda, right? If Comcast gets this power, they won't be as willing to pay more for Discovery. Well, content. yeah, I mean, for for example, who's it going to be able to shop uh, to a competitor? There yeah. won't be any, right? There right. won't be any. And when you think about it in this context, it kind of explains why TV sucks so bad these days. Yeah. And in markets where there's monopsony power or monopoly power, you usually see investment move away. And you see consumers paying the price. And so I think right now the job- One other point I want to bring up uh, when he talks about there, when he talked about how consumers end up paying more. 
We're seeing this already. Yeah. For example, uh, you have, say, CBS, you know, um, and other channels, uh, other broadcasting groups. Let's say they have a, a carriage dispute with Dish Network, for example, satellite company, and they want Dish Network to pay more for their channel. And didn't Dish, Time Warner just have, like, didn't I, th- I think CTNN, so. CNN, and I remember it happened here recent, yeah. or a couple of years ago with uh, our one of our local ABC friends. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it sucks yeah. for the yeah. consumer. But, but what happens in the end, in the end, the cable company or satellite provider goes, okay, we'll pay X amount per user, and then... Then yeah. and then they will pass it along to the consumer. Right now, Comcast. If you watch any commercial on TV, if you still watch TV, you guys, uh, you'll notice uh, Xfinity ninety nine dollars for a whole year. Pay attention and look at the fine print on the bottom of the screen because what they do is they tack on an additional fee called a broadcast fee, which is about a dollar fifty or two dollars per month. On top of that, and the reason why they're doing that is to offset the extra charges that they're paying for these carriage agreements. Right. So he is absolutely one hundred percent correct. We've seen it. We've seen it bear out in the market that the consumer ends up paying more. See investment move away, and you see consumers paying the price. And so I think right now the Justice Department and the FCC are taking very seriously the fact that Comcast uh, raises both of those issues, Mm. and uh, I I think they're doing the right thing. They're looking at it hard, and they're going to decide. All right, so yeah. he thinks they're doing the right thing with the net neutrality stuff. Now, uh, the uh, chairman of the FCC says, "Well, I'm an I'm an independent." Oh God! Oh really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. What? Yeah, it, it it is interesting though uh, how you're, the the timing of this is strange. Obama just kind of throwing in now in all of this. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because it's a lame duck session. Maybe because of the timing of the Comcast merger. Maybe because of something else. Who knows? Timing's everything. We'll keep watching it. Yeah. No. I, it's one of those things. That obviously, it it helps us. You know, keep this show going as far as you know keeping an eye on the prize and in this situation. Oh man. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure. I I feel like here's where I'm at. Yeah. It was a failure of the government in the first place to enforce and foster competition. You take these markets where Google Fiber has come in. What happens every time? Oh, prices go down, service goes up. Exactly. I mean, mean, quality of service. Speed goes up. Even the television prices go down. Yeah, yeah. Why? Competition. Competition, and and that's what we need. And that is what I'm so mad about, is I feel like what the government has failed to do is foster and promote competition, to to curb monopolies as they were cropping up. And so because they failed to do their job, now our savior is them? That doesn't make any sense to me. No. The real problem that we've always had is inadequate competition. See, but the, here's the inherent issue. or not, not that we've always had, that we've had for the last 10 years. I mean, here's, here's the inherent issue. We, we know in today's dollars... It's very, very expensive if you want to start an yeah. ISP. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, so, it's almost impossible. I mean, so depending on the state where you live in, you know, any uh, most states like Google, you know, they go into Kansas, they they petition to the city council, and they ask for certain conditions. They're like, well, we want to roll it out, but we only want to roll it out to neighborhoods where they really want our service. So we set up these fiber hoods. You know, they set up. You, you guys heard about this? Mm-hmm. You know, where people have to say yes, I will commit to service, and if they get X amount of people to commit. Google says, all right, we're going to build into that area uh, because the investment is so expensive. And so yeah. I think what we need to do is the competition has always it, – it's always been there. As far as what I mean by that is the entry level anybody can get into, but the cost is so high. 
So now we're at a point where we need municipalities, you know, governments who want to do it for their people and not be biased in any way, have that flexibility. If citizens of a city want to tax themselves, say, all right, we want to add 0.5% to our sales tax that will go towards a broadband, uh, you know, installation for our city, they should be allowed to do that. But the majority of states are not allowed to do that. And so if we are able to at least get rid of that law, we might be able to at least see more competition mm. because then Comcast, like say in our own backyard. So you're saying there's things they could already do to improve the situation they're just not doing. Exactly. So I have heard from um, some international listeners who are like, don't screw this up. Yeah. Because and, – and I I've heard this a lot, but especially around this issue, they said our country – will model what the United States does. Do not screw this up. True. And they, I, I specifically this morning talked to people that do not live in the U.S. that are listening to, to tonight's episode because they know whatever happens here will happen where they live, and yep. they're worried about it. Now, I, I really want to hear uh, from our, our U.K. peeps. So I know we got a lot of them who listen to the show. UnfilteredJupiterBroadcasting.com. Yes. Um, I want to hear from you guys because I know in the UK you have a lot more options as far as I believe internet service providers. You can pick more competition. More competition. So we're told. Um, I've been reading a little bit about it earlier this week. I know the BT British Telecom used to be the thing, and yeah. then they were forced to kind of break it up in a certain way. Uh, so I really want to hear hear from you guys about this because. I'm also wondering if maybe that model would be more appropriate here. But I know we don't have a nationalized internet provider or anything like that. So I'd like to get some input. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, And 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 I'm not sure where I stand, to tell you. I mean, one thing I want to say is I'm not looking for local governments to subsidize an internet. What I'm saying is I want people to be empowered and in charge to do what they want to do for their own cities and their Wouldn't own Wouldn't it be great areas. if like there was like a like a local utility option and a commercial option or I don't know like Right now I mean he, I always bring up Wenatchee. I I we, full disclosure I worked for the Nielsen TV ratings for 10 years so I, I know a little bit about the TV internet stuff. Wenatchee is a beautiful city. It's about 120,000 people. It's right in the middle of Washington State. They're one of the first cities ever to be wired up for fiber. And the fiber was strung by the power companies. And there was another another outlet in town. And the reason why that that was done was Charter, which is their internet service provider, was just offering terrible service, uh, terrible internet. So they were like, we have to do this project anyways. Why don't we do this at the yeah, same time? Yeah, I mean, time? we already, you know, we, 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 we laid power lines all over yeah. the county. I mean, I've literally heard stories for years about how great the internet service is there. Right. It, it, it's phenomenal. It's gotten better. When I started with Nielsen and I was going out there uh, 13, 14 years ago, they had five megs down and one up. Now at the That's time, incredible, right? Now remember, this is 13 years ago. Yeah, um, and so you know they had you know Ethernet straight into their computer. I I would go and hook up. Wow, my, my, that'd be so awesome for yeah. nerds. That'd what, be so great. Right. And I, I would I would install the Nielsen equipment, and oh, I'd man. be like, so who's your internet service provider? And they go, uh, it's the power company. Yeah, and I was confused. Yeah, I used to work with a guy that had because I'd never heard of it before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now their service is like 50 or 100 yeah. megs down. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean another local area, the Issaquah Highlands. They have their own fiber network. Do you know about this? Yes. Oh, yeah, uh, I do. I mean, it, I've, I've see, I've worked with enough clients yeah. where I've talked to people in these areas, and, and I'm always like, I'm so jealous. I know. Yeah. I know. And then we get emails from people, and I hear about this, and I'm still super jealous. And so I think what we need to do is, A, we need to get rid of these protectionist laws that allow Comcast to basically run unopposed in areas and in states. Get rid of that law and say, people, look. 
look, you see we have no competition. See how much you yeah, hate Comcast? Don't you feel like – Let's uh, do it. Let's make it happen. But but we also then have reality. Yeah. And like – so anyways, yeah. I, here's, 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 my, here's, my, here's my thought on this. I am not yet willing to make a decision on this. I know. I'm pretty much on the fence at this point. I think over the next four weeks of Unfilter, if, 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 if and that's a big if, this story continues to develop, I will continue to develop my position. Yeah. Right now, I feel like I am stuck between two really awful choices, and I'm really not happy with either one. It's funny. It feels like the same way with our political system. Yeah, no, it's 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 rough, and it's one of those things we'll definitely be keeping an eye on. Oh, you bet, buddy! But we want to remind you guys oh, that, man, Chase, that, do we ever. that whole previous segment would not have been possible if it's not thanks to... As they say, viewers like you. Yeah, Unfilter is an audience-supported show. No ads, and so we'll cover it from all angles. We'll talk about the good stuff, the bad stuff, stuff we don't agree with. And and if you ever get, like, the uh, if you go, God, man, they really screwed that up. They got that wrong. You have at least, at the end of the day, and I love saying that, the peace of not peace of mind knowing that it wasn't because we're lobbyists. It wasn't because of a sponsor. It wasn't because the owners of our network want to promote a certain agenda. It was just simply yeah. a stupid mistake, <laughs> one that we'll likely correct in the next episode. Yes, that's what's so great about having a show like Unfiltered that is powered by its audience because we report to you. You are the boss. Yeah. Right now, I have three hundred and forty-seven of you that are my boss. By the way, I want to say a thanks to uh, we. We had a few uh, jump on last week. I saw a few jump in at a yeah, dollar. It's very nice. And you know what? That helps. It, it does. honestly does. When just you getting jump that. Just okay. So, f- super full disclosure. It's nice to be uh, loved. This show, <laughs> just like uh, complete honesty with the audience, because why not? I yeah. mean, it's these. I only have to make these three hundred forty-seven people happy. This show nearly ruins my life. Straight up. Like, this makes my life almost unbearable, doing this show, because it takes so much work. And so just seeing that number go up tells me that the amount of time and sacrifice and, the, and things like my personal health, yeah. uh, my, some time with my family, yeah. uh, getting my vehicle taken care of, all yeah. of these things I sacrifice and I do not do to make 347 people happy. And seeing that number go up, even if it's a, a $5 a month pledge or a $2 a month pledge, yeah. just seeing that number go up tells me... That some of the sacrifice is worth it. You know, I I'm in the same boat as you. You know, I, I don't have a, a family, uh, you know, other than the dog and the cat and the wife. But yeah, they're family, of course. But uh, you know, I I, I work a, a full day, and you know, I, I drive up here. Uh, I I work about an hour away, depending on traffic. And there are some days that you know what, much rather just vegetate, right? No you know, kidding. I've I've been up since six a.m. No, yeah, six a.m. Yeah, and it's one of those. It took things. an hour to get there. You work a full day. It takes you more than an hour to get to the right. studio to do this show. And that's not on top of the fact that during the course of the whole week, you and I are always corresponding. Going, yeah. hey, here's a good story. Here's yeah. a high note. Right. Here's right. an internet story. Right. Um, Collecting you know, clips. All it, it's one of those long. things that. I want to try to contribute as much as I can, uh, and you know, thanks to you guys who support us on Patreon, whatever the amount. And I know there's a few openings, by the way, in that thirty three thirty three club, the swag clubs. We had stickers. We had, uh, oh gosh, what was the other? We've actually got something super, super fr- awesome planned. Something perfect for podcasters. Oh, podcast <laughs> listeners, podcast listeners. Right. Yeah. So, so you know, it's thank, really cool. Th- th- thanks to you guys. You know, at some point, you know, we want to we want to yeah. blow up on filter. I mean, yeah. I mean, really take yeah. it to the next level. Yeah, so, thanks really to you do. guys and just telling friends. You know, we got the holidays coming up. Yeah. You know, you can give the gift of unfilter. I always like Let people know. Yeah. 
just share it. And That's if you free. Can't, if you can't go to patreon.com slash unfilter and contribute something, yeah. there's always the subreddit, unfilter.reddit.com. Yeah. You can give us links, your insights, your votes. Uh, just a slight side note. The show, as we've been kind of in transition mode, I've been kind of thinking about the format of the show and what I like about the old format versus the supporter show format. So, like, you know, so we have 347 supporters right now on yes. our Patreon page. Yes. 40 to 70 of them would actually download the supporter show, right? Oh, okay. So in some ways, it's kind of a shame because so much... It's going to waste? Yeah, of? and like there's so much... So I've been reevaluating a lot of things. Okay. And because it's listener-supported, I feel like I have the flexibility and freedom to, to creatively explore that. So I really right. appreciate that. So thank you to our patrons for letting me do that. And one of the things I want to do is a thank you to the people who are supporters that are, that are, ple- that are pledging $5 or more is I'm going to bring back an element of the newsletter. There's been some links that I've been collecting that are amazing reads that are not really pertinent to anything we cover on a weekly basis on Filter, but right. from a big snapshot, they are super important stories. And from time to time, I'm going to be making those posts exclusive to our uh, supporters that are $5 or more on the yeah. Uh, Patreon page. Yeah. No, I mean, there would be nothing better. And by the way, System T just said it in the chat room. I think that would be awesome. Wouldn't it be great? I'm going to dream for a minute. Do, it, Do you have dreaming music? Do we Ooh, have I, that? Well, I, I mean, really, the like the best go-to is Mario Underground. Right, but fair enough. All right. That's not bad, no, right? That works. Okay. So, you know, System T, you know, and I'm talking to you and I'm talking to all the patrons and I'm talking to every person that's not a patron right now. You like this show. You, you like Chris and I, you know, how we banter back and forth and how we're passionate about the topics or that we're talking about. Maybe you just like Mario music. That's true. You could. Or you like it when I uh, say show me the money or ring the bell. or you <laughs> Nobody know, likes that. No one likes <laughs> it. But wouldn't it be cool, say, in a couple of years, you know, when the, the next big elections are coming on, you oh. know, I know Chris oh. is really rooting for Hill Dog. <laughs> and, you know, I'm rooting for some Paul somewhere. I think, I think you're just hoping that Bill Clinton runs again. I think that's what you're... <laughs> I know that he will. He will. He's going to be the first man. Could you imagine Hillary versus Bill? <laughs> uh, I want to be on the debates. No, but... But think about this. In two years, and that's a long time from now, if we get a lot of you guys on board... Oh, man. I could say, you know what? I'm giving notice. Chris, God, dude. We're, we're going to... Don't where's even. The, where's the next convention? Would you do that with me? It, here's the thing. Would you it, do that? Because I would do that. Right. I would do all the shows on the road. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put this on the record because it doesn't count unless it's on the record. If we got to a point, and you know, and I sent a message to you kind of in joking, but if we got to a point where we could support... You know, somebody having to quit a job <laughs> hmm. 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 and make this happen, make this a reality where, you know what, we we could go to the next convention. We could go to the next big political thing. We can go visit you guys in the UK. We can go visit you guys in Australia. We can, we can do the things that we really want to do with the show because, as you guys know, and, and Chris is not paying me to say this. Go, Chase. No, you're on a roll, man. <laughs> I don't know. I have any idea what Chris, you're about to say. <laughs> Chris... Chris puts his blood, sweat, and tears not only into this show, but everything in Jupiter Broadcasting. And he's at this stage, and he's uh, he's probably at this stage where he can't do any more because he's just one person. That's true. That is very true. And he wants to do more. I want to do more. Preach it, Chase. So we're asking for your help. That's exactly it. That's what the Patreon page is. That's it's And we want to do it without having to sell out to anybody because this show right. needs to be able to say a lot of dumb stuff. Right. It's yeah. really important. Yeah. So I just want to say, you know, from the bottom of my heart, all you guys who support us on Patreon, thank you so much. 
and let's keep dreaming. Let's make this happen. Absolutely, buddy. By the way, to get off this topic, I brought up the uh, Highlands Fiber Internet Network prices. <laughs> Hold on. Is that a gigabit for $200? Yeah. So that's $100 less than what I pay for uh, for 100 megabits here. Uh, yeah, gigabit down uh, 100 up. <laughs> Or two hundred bucks a month. Oh, it hurts so bad, Chase. Now, so I'm way, paying almost three. I'm paying almost three hundred dollars a month for a hundred down, like twenty five or fifty. Twenty five up. up, yeah. Yeah, I think it's twenty five. Right? And this is they they built their own fiber network. By the way, you could also get satellite or whatever you want to get, but you oh know what? Why would God, you? Oh, my God, buddy. Oh, can we just – like JB2, we should build it over there, man. That's so pricey. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. You know what? We can get one of those little boxes and just kind of – yes, yeah, set up. All right, Chase. So, uh, well, we have a lot to cover. And by Ooh. the way, again, thank you to all our patrons, patreon.com slash unfiltered. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much, so, guys. So, uh, one thing, too, uh, just sort of coming out of the Patreon segment uh, and kind of showing you why it's super important to be independent – you might have noticed how much attention and how much scare Ebola generated. And I, I, I didn't think it would work, but it actually did work. Uh, can you show the top edge of my screen, by the well, way? I can't show just the top well, edge. But I, I hold, know, pull, no, pull I know, down but, the window. Pull oh, down yeah, window. I'll pull it down. Yeah, pull it down. By the way, if you guys are the oh, Google, are, are the, you guys, Google Chrome. Are, are you guys using this? I mean, look at this. I know. By the way, we don't have any more Ebola cases in case you guys got the message. <laughs> uh, but look at this. They dude, want, dude. What? You know what drives me crazy is I took a Firefox challenge for a week. The day I switch back to Chrome, yeah. they start doing this asking me for money stuff. And you know what I'm thinking when I see that? I'm thinking the public just finally stopped freaking out about Ebola, Google. I know. Shut up. <laughs> Come on. Now, I, mean, I know these people down in Africa still got issues. Yeah. But actually, this clip we're about to show you, and it is in the supporter sync if you're listening to the audio-only version. Uh, if I play out the whole clip, I don't know if I will. But if I do, they actually show you the region of Africa affected, and it's like this tiny little area. Anyways, so uh, what this clip will do uh if you can uh, if you if you will allow me is it will demonstrate to you why your unfiltered show needs to stay independent why when we talk about things like ebola even though when everyone else in the entire world everyone else is telling you this is the most important thing you need to worry about and your unfiltered show is sitting here going guys we're looking at this and it doesn't seem like a super big deal everybody should calm down and we're saying the exact opposite thing well now here we are on the other end of it and this clip Ladies and gentlemen, it's proof that I believe the Unfilter Show got it right. Fears over Ebola have seen around 18,000 nurses go on strike in the American city of Oakland, California, concerned about what they say are low standards and safety against the virus and the care of those who might be infected. Terrifying as the virus is, the hype over Ebola was almost inescapable a couple of weeks ago, and now the press coverage is very different. RT social media editor explains. Reds, hippies, unions, Al-Qaeda, H1N1. ISIS and Ebola. This is what panic looks like. News- All right. So for those of you on the audio feed here, uh, they have a graph that shows September t- towards about the end of September. Not a lot of headlines about Ebola. Then right at the end of September, beginning of October, it just rockets up all boom. of the boom. Now, not the cases of Ebola, but the stories about yeah. Ebola and They're visualizing it here on a little graph for us. Headlines mentioning Ebola since September. And as we can see, when a traveler from Liberia became the first patient diagnosed in the U.S., headline writers knew what their audience wanted. Fox News alert now. The Ebola emergency here in America. The killer virus. Spreading much You're going to die. Efforts to contain it. Spiraling out of control. Stop admitting West Africans into America <laughs> right now. <laughs> Can they go to the movies? Hospitals aren't Woo! ready for Ebola. Hell is about to break loose. <laughs> 
The mainstream talk shop smelled big numbers and went fear hunting. Though one person died of Ebola in America, the disease was cured for mainstream TV's viewing ills. Even AP called them out on it, issuing a reporting advisory as the headline numbers spiked. And here's the reality of this year's Ebola. You see that? Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. So the uh, so how would you describe this to the audio audience there? Because that is that is a great infograph of where Ebola was and is in Africa, where and where it is not. All right, guys. Picture in your mind. Picture in your mind a football field. Okay. okay. All right. I like this. All right. You're, or a uh, soccer field. For a those. soccer field. Yeah. Uh, football. Football. Sure. It all works. So imagine you're there. You're looking at the field. You see all the lines that are painted out. You have the goals. You have the flags in the corners. This is equating to, I would say, maybe 20 blades of grass. <laughs> I like that, Jay. Outbreak in Africa. So for every headline that a nurse is riding a bike, and for every 60-minute special from Liberia that interviews no Africans, a disease is wreaking havoc. But it's not in America, and you won't hear about it in the mainstream. It's part of a boom-bust disease cycle. Here's 2009's H1N1 in your news headlines. Another familiar case of a disease that died. So H1N1, just a little good throwback, because yeah. that was the exact same thing there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that I just wanted to play that. Yeah, not no, not any particular good point. Good one. This one kind of slipped under my radar, and I'm glad I grabbed this clip because I think it's totally fascinating, and I have some really interesting follow-up in the show notes. All right. Was a veteran U.S. diplomat really a spy? Authorities moving in, raiding her home. She was well-known in Washington. ABC senior justice correspondent Pierre Thomas now. Now, here's the great thing about being a diplomat. If you get accused of being a spy, it is an unordinate amount of proof required to prove that. It's not like just like if they came and said Chase Nunes is a spy no, no, and no. they got you. If you're a diplomat with certain diplomatic immunities, they essentially have to have concrete evidence that you directly supplied classified information to a government official of an like an like a government we're against. Right. Like it's gotta be concrete Huge. solid. Right. So for this to be going on. So for this claim to be made against a diplomat, something else is going on here. The FBI suddenly appeared at this home in an upscale Washington neighborhood two weeks ago. Neighbors were shocked. Why was the FBI executing a search warrant at the home of Robin Rafel, one of the U.S. government's most senior advisors on Pakistan and South Asian issues? We are aware of this law enforcement matter. Uh, the State Department has been cooperating with our law enforcement colleagues on this matter. Generally, a counterintelligence investigation involves some type of allegation of spying or some type of espionage activity. Friends and associates describe Rafel as a patriot whose husband Arnold, a former ambassador to Pakistan, died in a plane crash with that country's leader in 1988. She began her career as a CIA analyst before spending decades with the Foreign Service. Most recently, Rafel had been a consultant for the State Department, but now her appointment has expired. A family spokesman says she's cooperating with the investigation. The exact nature of the investigation is unclear, but her security clearance has been suspended. And authorities not only searched her home, but her offices as well. So, uh, interesting, as this happened, the government of India released a statement, just kind of like unprompted as far as I can tell, really? but maybe I have this wrong, yeah. Okay. They don't like her. Apparently, they feel like she was at the center of a, mag a major egregious event against them from the State Department. Wow, okay. Yeah, so she had some enemies uh, in India, which is, I think, extremely fascinating. Uh, and so maybe they had something to do with this, but... Uh, 
Uh, anyways, more information in the show notes. I just wanted to put it out there. And uh, if you are a supporter, check the BitTorrent sync in the overtime folder. CNN did a – and if we have a little extra time, I might try to fit it into the show because it's this good. They had a great, like, the life of a spy clip, and they go through some of the recent spies that have been exposed, and it's good. Uh, but anyways. Okay. We got to move on, Chase. We got right. a lot to cover. Yes, sir. So, uh, did you? We mentioned it earlier, but Obama was as take, was at this economic summit, yeah. and uh, Putin's there. Uh, the, the the Chinese president they're is playing there. cards against humanity. Seriously, doing. Yeah. Like, I think also like when they had some alone time, they were doing just a little bit of Candy Crush. Sweet, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. O- Obama got himself the iPhone six plus, so he's got the additional oh, screen. Oh man, you now. know I'm still looking. Uh, but there was some uh, key deals being made this week. President Obama this morning reached a new trade deal with China. The president attending day two of a global economic summit in Beijing. He also had brief talks with Russian President Vladimir Putin over the fighting in Ukraine. Major Garrett is traveling with the president in Beijing. Major, good morning. Good morning. The U.S.-Chinese relationship is, by all objective standards, among the most important in the world. But as we learned here, the two countries sometimes have to make room for Russia, even as they pursue common economic interests now that Hmm. right there so when you think about um geography and the location of russia and china just think about like how more natural it might be that russia and china are are more significant trade partners yeah also uh if you're not familiar with the unbelievable amount of restrictions that China impl- it puts on imports from the U.S. So we buy everything from China, right? Yeah, everything. Turns out, though, China, super restrictive about what can come into the U.S. or come from the U.S. into China. Yeah, import, yeah. Right. However, want. Russia, that shit's open door policy, brother. So when he kind of says, like, you got to make room for Russia, what <laughs> he actually means is Russia is a more significant trade partner in some regards than the U.S., but we're going to play it off anyways like Russia doesn't matter. President Obama and Chinese President Xi Jinping mingled at the economic summit before a lengthy private meeting defined largely by economic and military competition. Now, this is pretty key. Like, look at the imagery here. Uh, and, and throughout all of this, you always have the Chinese president, the man in charge of this entire thing. This is his show. Yep. This is him giving everybody a good time. And on the, on his two sides, Putin and Obama. Now, uh you Tell know, me what what message? Oh, that's is Putin. This? I didn't recognize him without his uh, with his shirt with, on. With his shirt on, I agree. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and thank goodness that we are currently at a time when we have a president that looks as good in a suit as Putin does. Totally. Honestly, Obama rocks a suit. Actually, Putin's. Uh, by the way, for those who are listening audio, there. his his yeah. uh, Putin's tie is actually yeah. going a little bit to his yeah. right. Uh, uh, but man, Obama's that, got a his, straight up tie no, going. Just because even Putin's tie has swagger is what it is. Uh, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, but I, the the imagery of this. This is this is the whole thing to me is very powerful. Uh, and and there's some other clips in the uh, overtime folder that go into this even more. A lengthy private meeting defined largely by economic and military competition. Russian President Vladimir Putin demanded the attention of both leaders by sending more tanks and artillery to separatists in eastern Ukraine, prompting three unscheduled Obama-Putin encounters. That uh, picture, by the way, has gotten Obama a lot of trouble. Lasting a total of 20 minutes on the summit sidelines. President Putin knows full well where we stand, um, and we've made that clear through not just our words, but our policies, our sanctions. Hey, uh, Chase, what's, is, 
What's that disclaimer say at the bottom there? This uh, is, by the way, one of the spokespeople for the government. Uh, Chase, what does that disclaimer say? This is a person who works for the United States government, is closely connected to the Obama administration, is very aware of current agendas the Obama administration is trying to push forward, yeah. and uh, his, his entire job is to reach out to the media and get that message out there as much as uh, possible. The, what is uh, that, uh, what the, that lower third disclaimer say? The lower say? third, which is larger than normal, uh, says Ben Rhodes is the brother of CVS president David Rose. Oh. Um, and that's can continue to be um, uh, our approach here. When it comes to China, Mr. Obama brought demands. By the way, one one other producer thought in my head. Did you notice that they did not use their common lower third graphics? Yeah. They had to bolt that on. Bolt that on later. They, they bolted it on yeah. after the fact. Yeah, probably during broadcast. Yep. Cyber attacks in the U.S. Reduce greenhouse gases and stop using a beefed-up Navy to intimidate neighbors in the South China Sea. All right, so let's stop right here. So uh, Obama's message to the president of China was stop attacking the U.S. Uh, in cyber, uh, reduce your pollution, and stop uh, some of your shenanigans in the South China Sea. All uh, perfectly valid points for the president of the United States totally. to bring up. Yeah. What they're not telling you is Putin's there. At the same time, yeah. and it's all a love story. It's oh, I love you, yeah. baby. Let's work together. Let's not use the dollar, baby. It's So we are coming at China with a very different message. China doesn't want to give ground on Mr. Obama's grievances, but is willing to cut economic deals. The biggest? Joining a move to reduce global tariffs on information technology products. This could mean billions in new U.S. high-tech exports. It obviously benefits both the producers who can now sell more of their product, but also the consumers, because they'll see uh, access to products more easily. Mr. Obama also took the time to praise China's work fighting Ebola in West Africa, investments in the fledgling government in Afghanistan, and its support of a deal. There we go. The whole chat room on this whole time. Did you happen to catch the Star Trek uniforms that they all wore? Uh, why? Did they do this? These are uh, these are traditional Chinese dress outfits. Oh, okay. This, All right. That's what I'm telling you, man. This whole thing, right? Yeah, this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...to denuclearize Iran. Back to Putin. He made a move here that captured the attention of the Chinese people. Did you hear about this? Oh, I heard about this. ...then government censors. At the outdoor fireworks display, he lent his coat to China's first lady, an act of gallantry. Yeah, he looks pretty happy, doesn't he? He looks pretty happy. Let me hook you up. Uh... Or the presumptuous move of a player. That was the debate on Chinese social media until government censors scrubbed the video and shut down the chat rooms. <laughs> Nor my guess is you three will gladly reinvigorate the debate. So what do you think, Chase? Was he uh, being a player or... Uh... He was being nice! I know, right? Do you want to... I have, I have the unedited version of uh, Putin. Uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. Right. I, don't, I, I have so many clips in the overtime folder. That... I mean, is Putin married? No. Oh, no, okay. this is one of his things. This is why, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is this is one of the uh, yeah. Here we go. This is Putin's moment, uh, and you'll have to. It, this is high definition, uh, 1080p in the supporter set. So uh, she says she's cold. He gets up. All he right, puts the coat over her. Now, I do. I do find it interesting that he's sitting next to the uh, China her, president. Her and, and Obama's pre- sitting right next to the president of China. Right, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a little buffer space there. Maybe. And and he's trying to make the best of it. Now here's where it gets weird, and this is just a different culture. I'm not saying. I mean, okay. I guess weird isn't the right word to use because yeah. it's just yeah. a different culture. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so he puts the he puts the jacket over her. She seems very appreciative of it. Yeah. This is the uh, president of China's. She uh, said wife. thank you. Yeah. 
Watch the aide next to her freak the crap out. Okay. And he starts taking it off of her right there. The guy behind her, he takes it off of her. And then Putin starts apologizing to the guy. And then and then they put a different and then that guy and then they cut away. I, and by the way, that's where uh, the Olympics, uh, the the pool uh, was held in that cube thing. It's Anyways, very nice. that's our slight diversion. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. So uh, what CBS neglected to mention in that report of uh, you know the things that Obama wanted to scold the Chinese president about. What they neglected to mention is while Putin was there, he managed to sign up another deal with China where they're going to do trade and they're cutting the dollar out. Well, Putin also reiterated that both Russia and China were keen to expand trade using their own currencies, the ruble and the yuan. Now, this is significant because uh, both countries are prominent members of the BRICS Bank, which which we've talked about, Yes, was established this year in an attempt to try and end the global dominance of the US dollar, which here in Beijing, President Putin said has no future, insisting that the ruble and the yuan have better long-term prospects. Now, that announcement came as China and Malaysia announced the formation of a new bank which will settle deals in local currencies, so it looks as if the US dollar could be uh, set to lose some of its regional muscle. I believe uh, that uh, Canada also just entered a deal involving oil, only about $5 billion, but oh. it doesn't use the U.S. dollar. Oh, it uses the Canadian dollar? Forbes has an article <laughs> out today saying that this is a major blow to the U.S. dollar. Uh, either way, uh, all of this is happening in the backdrop of the quote-unquote ceasefire in Ukraine. We haven't talked about Ukraine for a little That's while. That's true, yeah. It's yeah. totally collapsing. The ceasefire. This is the sound of a ceasefire crumbling. Pro-Western Ukrainian forces locked in battle with Russia-backed separatists inside Ukraine. Now, uh, we have uh, we have a map in the show notes as well as some information uh, that is just absolutely egregious. So this clip definitely, you know, implies more uh, sense of like the violence on the on the pro-Russian separatists. But if you yeah. actually look at the show notes, uh, the Ukrainian government, the ones that we're backing... Mm-hmm are like blowing up homes of civilians and things like that. It oh, is really yeah. bad. It is they are not they are not the good guys in this. But anyways, uh, yeah. this clip continues. So this is talking more about the escalating violence and they kind of put pin some of it on uh, the uh, separatists, but then they, they they do cover some of it. Russia backed separatists inside Ukraine. The fireworks weren't as loud as President Obama met Russian President Putin in Beijing. But their short encounters, totaling just 20 minutes in all, seem to signal the U.S. and Russia still sharply divided over Ukraine. NATO's Supreme Allied Commander was more direct, calling out Moscow for violating the norms of Western civilization. That nations will respect international borders, nations will respect the sovereignty of their neighbors. Uh, Um, I hate to break it to you, General, but we've kind of broken that ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You remember how NATO is getting closer and closer and closer to the border of Russia? Yeah, yeah. Is uh, in name only at this point. Today, Pentagon officials tell CNN that Russia has massed some 8,000 troops on the Ukrainian border. Now, that's on the border. Now, why do you suppose they'd be doing this? Hmm. Do you think Russia's... Russia's trying to say, like, we're ready to go in if we need to. Is that what? I mean, that must be why you'd yeah, put 8,000. Yeah, well, it's a big posturing stance. Right? Yeah. And has stepped up shipments of heavy weapons to separatists in recent days. And Moscow has again sent in a convoy it claims is humanitarian, but U.S. and Ukrainian officials complain went through no independent inspection. 
Now, even the Obama administration is admitting that so far, U.S.-led sanctions are not deterring Russia. On Ukraine, uh, we continue to be deeply troubled by... Again, the uh, brother of CBS. Now now that we're on CNN, though, no disclaimer. We don't know. No. Yeah. Yeah. Russia's activities. One sign of the lack of progress is the still lingering crash site of Malaysian Airlines Flight 17. Today, rescue workers removed more human remains nearly four months after the jet crashed, shot down, U.S. officials believe, by separatist missiles supplied by Russia. Now, I actually have a counter-argument to that in the overtime folder. This is the map of Ukraine today showing the areas now under either Russian control or Russian-backed separatist control. You remember over here, this is Crimea taken over by Russians several months ago. But then when we look to eastern Ukraine, just zooming in on this area here along the Russian border, this is how much of eastern Ukraine now controlled by pro-Russian separatists. And this border here with independent Ukraine, basically a battle line right now where you have open battles. And it's along here, very close to the Ukrainian border, where you now have those 8,000 Russian troops. Now, what I just can't square is when I look at the, when I look at the individual battles, yeah. the major aggressions have started from the Ukrainian government. So they say in this in this very lower third here they say uh, acquisition or I'm sorry accusations of Russia behind new Ukraine violence. But that that feels like an interpretation and I just feels very biased in this yeah. report. Uh, but either way, the situation is shitty regardless of who's behind it in Ukraine, which is just a, a damn shame, Chase. Yeah. After all of this. Hey, while we're kind of on this topic, yeah. uh, let's let's shift over to ISIS. ISIL. Uh, we got to yeah. Oh. Right. We nice. got to do a little uh, – we got a little do uh, – Iraq, Chase. We got to do an update about that. Okay. And uh, we talked last week about some expansion in Iraq. We didn't have solid numbers, and it turns out the expansion we reported on last week was a bit of an, uh, an underestimation. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, no, Chase. The Pentagon rethought that, and they've decided maybe uh, they needed to go a little bigger. Oh. Uh, a little bigger. Good evening. The president, who was all about getting the United States out of Iraq – is sending more troops in. Late today, the White House announced that President Obama has given the go-ahead for 1,500 more troops to deal with the threat posed by the terrorist group known as ISIS. How many uh, troops did he just say? 1,500. 1,500. With this expansion, the number authorized has grown from 275 in June to 3,100 tonight. Hey, he got us out of Iraq, Chase. Yep, we're getting out of there. He got us out of Iraq. David Martin is at the Pentagon for us this evening. David? Scott, President Obama is doubling down on his strategy to defeat Double ISIS, down. not only increasing the number of American troops in Iraq, but also spreading them out to a half dozen locations across the country. Until now, U.S. troops have been confined to Baghdad and the city of Erbil in the north. 630 will be sent as advisors to the headquarters of Iraqi units fighting ISIS north and west of Baghdad, including in Anbar province, where some of the bloodiest battles of the Iraq war took place. 830 of the additional troops will be trainers stationed at Iraqi military bases throughout the country to train a total of 12 Iraqi and Kurdish brigades, roughly 54,000 soldiers. The aim is to regenerate the ground forces that, with the help of American airstrikes, are supposed to retake the territory seized by ISIS earlier this year when the Iraqi army broke and ran. The Pentagon says other countries in the coalition against ISIS have pledged to send an additional 700 trainers. Oh. The White House insists none of the American troops will engage in combat. Of course. 
this is the next phase of the battle against ISIS. It will take two to three months for all the American troops to arrive in Iraq and another six to seven months to train the Iraqi Sounds like they're going now. I know, right? And uh, I also have the official Pentagon spokesperson statement and uh, about uh, Hegel's specific orders in the uh, overtime folder. Uh, So uh, this is all interesting. But in the backdrop, something else happened this week. Your buddy. My good friend. Uh, Al-Baghdadi. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chase. Uh, no, you need to say his full name, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I cannot. Uh, well, I wonder if you've heard from him, because it turns out he might have been injured. Airstrikes against ISIS tonight into those unconfirmed reports that a key leader of ISIS might have been injured, even killed, some reports. Al-Baghdadi, known for his fiery speeches, his taste for Western luxuries, that expensive watch we had seen. I like that he has taste for expensive expensive Western luxury, luxuries. Boy, I can't talk tonight. It's getting yeah, too late. It's all right. This is what happens when we have a late show. Hey. Uh, uh, because he has a watch that we've seen in this one video that they play over and over again. This is the <laughs> same one video we've ever seen, and he has a taste for Western luxuries yes. because we see that watch. Tonight, the Pentagon saying he was not a target, but was he in that caravan? ABC's chief global affairs correspondent, Martha. Maybe. The rat is working her sources today. She's live in Washington. Martha. David, we backtracked all of this to see where these stories began. The original report of Baghdadi being injured or killed came Saturday on Iraqi television within a few hours of a U.S. airstrike in Mosul targeting a large convoy. Look at all that tech in the background, by the way. Oh, I know. It always impresses me whenever, because, you know, we've only seen this clip 200 times now. And so now what I've started to notice is, like, you see the blinking, like, here, I'll play this again. Obviously, you can, he's got wireless mics rigged up, but yep. I wonder if maybe there's some live stream rigs, and I think I see a gun. Uh, now, I don't know why uh, these, th- now, it would appear it's that... It's a rack mount gun. I cannot tell, so obviously, this, uh, this just for those of you watching the video version, in front of him, uh, this... Clearly, I think unquestionably is a cropped in video. Not actually, those people are not actually in front of yeah, him. Yeah, no, you don't question that at all, right? No, as, no, as no. A video I mean, editor, you, that's clear. I mean, you could see yeah. like the the lines right. on the on the left side don't even match. Now, but, this is a, right. a pretty good blur. Now, the thing about uh, a blur effect in the video editor is it doesn't naturally do a gradient on the blur like that. It's a hard blur. It's a hard line. line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a little more. You can see some guns in there, but it's always this clip. They're always blurred out, blurred out like that. The stuff in front of them is. It almost looks like what it is is this was a vertical video that was taken and then composited with two videos on the sides to make it sixteen by nine. Targeting a large convoy, but that rumor spread so fast on social media that U.S. Central Command put out a statement saying they could not confirm whether Baghdadi had been hit. That had the unintended consequences of keeping the story alive. But what the Pentagon has said definitively today is that the airstrike was not pre-planned with Baghdadi as a target. They still can't say for certain whether he happened to be there, but reports continue on Iraqi TV tonight that he was wounded. But even if Baghdadi were killed, David, nobody thinks ISIS is going away. Well, all I need is a tweet. Uh, so, right. if, Baghdadi, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening to the show, that is all it takes. Just, just send out a tweet. So, if you've heard that Baghdadi was killed, uh, who know, who the hell really knows? Send us a How, note. However, I find this next story to be fascinating. We're getting a little of ISIS in Egypt. ISIL. We think of ISIS, Jim, and ISIS is Syria, and ISIS is in Iraq. But now you have a militant group in Egypt, the predominant one there in in this hugely important country vowing loyalty to ISIS. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, this is a big deal. One, it just shows the international appeal of ISIS. So let's get one thing straight. 
ISIS is not a cohesive organization that you go join or sign the fuck up for. It is what people identify themselves as. It is a thing you believe in. And over there, they don't even call it ISIS. That is simply a term we use in the West. They don't even call it ISIS over there. So everything that man just said on CNN is total and absolute bullshit. So when I hear that, I start to think everything he's about to say in this clip is bullshit. As it has won successes in Iraq and Syria, it becomes, you know, the new star terror outfit. We've seen that in their recruiting numbers, particularly of foreign fighters, a thousand a month, and that has not let up with the U.S.-led air campaign. In fact, there's some believe, that believe that this U.S.-led air campaign will actually increase recruiting because they see ISIS is standing up to the West and its powerful military. But now you have this uh, Egyptian group that to this point has been principally focused on attacking the Egyptian government and military. Now, So here's what it sounds like to me. Uh, this group that's been a pain in the ass for years to yeah. the Egyptian government, hey, let's just call them ISIS terrorists, and now we have international support to go do whatever <laughs> we want to them, right? Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. All right, last but not least, uh, the White House has been having intensive meetings since we had our last episode about how the hell to cohesively integrate their current strategy in Iraq and against ISIS with a justifiable entry into Syria. Okay. What we've been waiting for, right? Yep, yep. How do we tie our actions that we are currently going it through right now with ISIS into toppling the Assad regime? Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. The Obama administration is on top of it. Yes. Well, Wolf, just two months ago, President Obama was slammed for saying he didn't have a strategy yet for Syria. Now the president seeking to review a plan for Syria, including the eventual removal of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. The president and his advisor is coming to the realization you are not going to defeat ISIS without a plan to get rid of Assad, who the U.S. and many of the allies see as the reason ISIS has been able to gain strength in the country. It's really an admission. The initial strategy to confront ISIS in Iraq first and then take on Syria was a major miscalculation. In just the past week, the national security team has met four times, including one meeting chaired by the President Wolf to discuss how the Syria strategy will fit into the overall strategy of combating ISIS. I like now that what we are doing in the media is retroactively deciding that when Obama, thanks to pressure from Russia, decided not to invade the Assad regime over implied chemical weapons use, when we decided that the Obama administration should not unilaterally use his own powers without approval of Congress to invade a sovereign nation. When that decision was made not to do that, now we are retroactively deciding that was a tactical mistake. (laughs) That was horrible. And it's not just on Fox, (laughs) right? It's been like that on Fox. But now it's on every... It's everywhere, yeah. and And by the way, the fact that ISIS... If we would have gone, see, this is the thing about it. If we would have gone after the Assad regime and directly attacked them, we would not have stopped funding the quote unquote moderate rebels. Right. We would have yeah. continued to train them. Yeah. We would have continued to arm them, yeah. given them the Toyota trucks, right? Yep. We would have done all yep. of this because it would be in support of our operation against Assad. Right. We would still be creating the same exact monster that we are fighting today. And the Assad regime would not be there to hold shit together that right. they do hold together. Yep. So the fact that the media is retroactively condemning him for that, I don't like Obama, but that is just completely manufactured. Totally, yeah. Nobody thinks that except for people that have an agenda to push. How are the allies, the coalition partners, if you will, reacting to this new emerging strategy? 
Well, Wolf, you know uh, many of the president's advisors, Secretary Kerry's uh, defense secretary, Hagel, recently, we understand, have been calling for a more robust strategy um, in Syria. And when Secretary Kerry and General John Allen, who's the envoy to the Global Coalition, travel across the globe, they're talking with the allies. Some are saying... Listen, the strategy to defeat ISIS only works if there's a more coherent plan for Syria's future. Secretary Kerry intensifying talks with allies. Arab diplomats tell CNN Kerry, Allen and others have been pushing for a political roadmap, ultimately transitioning Assad from power. The U.S. went after. So what she's saying is as Kerry travels around the world, he's meeting with allies to say, hey, how we can get Assad out of power. ISIS in Iraq, first hoping that it would give the U.S. time to vet, train, and arm a moderate rebel force who would then go after ISIS, eventually Assad's regime. But officials now realize they don't have the time to go after Iraq first because the administration is battling, the opposition is battling two fronts, the regime and ISIS, and could be obliterated by the time the U.S. pivots from Syria to Iraq. So talk about expanding and accelerating the train and equip program with allies. Wolf, the vetting of those rebels hasn't even started yet. It's- so here's what I'm hearing. Uh, the uh, slackers that were backing in Syria, and I, slackers I mean in terms of they're just average Joes, that all of a sudden were given guns and making them soldiers. Uh, they're not pulling it out. They're not getting it done because it turns out they don't have any training and they're just average Joes that have been given guns. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. They can't go up against a military and so now we have to do a little bit quicker. We have to move a little bit faster. We have to get in a little bit sooner. We were planning to get Iraq nailed down and get everything all surrounded and then move in. But turns out those guys that we're just giving guns to aren't able to hold up against a trained military. Surprise, surprise. Go figure that one out. Don't know how they didn't see that coming. (laughs) So there is your ISIS update, ladies and gentlemen. Correct. Right. Sorry. Yes. But Chase. Yes. We do like to end on a high note. We always like to end on a high note. Lots of so high much. note news. We have like some. Uh, we have some news. News. Uh, we have some clip only stuff. So uh, let's see. Let me take a look at our. Like we got the, the show notes. Tons of good stuff. Uh, so uh, do you? Uh, okay. I got. I got a study. Maybe we could start with with a study. Okay. Or we could get into some of the local stuff. What do you think would be better out well, there? Well, you know what? We like to end with some local stuff because it's happening here. But let's start with the study. Okay. So there's a study that came out uh, semi-recently uh, where researchers found that compared to non-cannabis users, people who smoke marijuana starting early, like at the age of 14 is what they decide to okay. be early, right. have uh, less volume or gray matter in the uh, frontal orbital area that has to do with some like emotional decision making. Hmm, okay. We'll talk more about this here in a second. All but, right. uh, of course, because it's an anti-cannabis thing, uh, your buddies over at CBS News uh, were sure to pick it up. A new study this morning reveals the damaging effects of marijuana use. This research comes from the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. It finds that long-term marijuana use deteriorates the part of the brain responsible for decision-making. The effects are more severe in people who start using at a young age. Our Dr. David Agus is with us from Los Angeles. Dr. Agus, Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. What do we make of this? Well, there have been studies done in mice showing that if chronic marijuana use makes the frontal lobe of the brain smaller. And the data in humans just wasn't that definitive. Now, with over 100 individuals studied with and without marijuana use, we can clearly say that people who use marijuana have a smaller frontal lobe, the decision-making part of the brain. But what's interesting is they also have more connections out of that area. And the more structural changes happen, the younger they start. But after six or seven years, those structural changes start to go away. So did they already have a smaller frontal lobe or did the marijuana shrink their brain? 
Uh, key question. And the answer is we just don't know. This was a study looked at one moment in time. They took people by questionnaire who used marijuana versus not, and they looked at those. It wasn't what we call a prospective study. Mm-hmm. You know, marijuana is rated a class one narcotic, so <gasps> it is very, very difficult in our country today to do real studies by giving patients or subjects marijuana. Now, don't worry. We have, like, the number of patients and all of this in the show notes. We're going to get to this. That part needs to change so we can study it. You know, Dr. David Agus, here in New York City, they just announced uh, they would no longer be arresting people caught with small amounts of marijuana. We just had an election. We'll get to that, too. Where it became legal, recreational marijuana became legal in some additional states. Do you think this type of study could have an impact on public policy? No question. I feel like I should be holding up a bag of oregano when I answer this. Um, But there's no question a study like this really puts into our heads that there are changes in the brain, especially in young people. It puts into our heads. It puts the question. He says it puts the question. You hear what he said? Yeah. And they use marijuana. And so I think it is somewhat premature to go forward with these legislations. Again, I'm not a policy expert, (laughs) but I think we need more study to understand it because I'm somewhat afraid after seeing data like this about what could happen. All right. So let's talk about the data. Uh, and we have uh, more information in the show. And, and when I say more information, I mean hundreds and hundreds of PDFs that are linked in the show notes if you follow some of these links. So it's, it's all in there. Uh, so let's start with a couple of things. Uh, the study looked at a relatively, quote unquote, large group of marijuana users mm-hmm. is what he said. Yeah. The stub- this, this study, which was published on Monday in the uh, National Academy of Sciences, it used MRI scans to look at the brains of 62 non-marijuana users and 48 regular marijuana users 27 of these marijuana users also admitted to using other drugs so almost half of their marijuana test group was using other drugs and again this is all through questionnaires right 21 of the 48 pot smokers reported using another drug besides so that is horrible right there in itself but the other major problem i have with this study based on the study on 27 people who do pot There are 300 million people live in the United States, but okay. The other thing is, in the actual study, they say that they themselves do not know if it is because the people that have this are more inclined to smoke pot or if it's because the people who smoke pot have this. And the other thing they note in the study, although it wasn't mentioned in the report on CBS, is that people that where this gray matter was reduced— seem to don't really have any side effects from it because connectivity in the area is dramatically increased. Now, all of that aside, the actual study itself is being contended because the method in which they scan people's heads has been shown to produce bad data. Right. So the very method they use to conduct the test is being disputed right now for a bunch of other kinds of tests, not just cannabis-related tests, but a bunch CBS didn't tell you any of that. No, no, of course not. Because remember, you guys, it's fitting an agenda that they're trying to push. I got info in the show notes about that real quick before we move on to some of the written stuff. Uh, uh, she mentioned it. Nora mentioned it real uh, briefly in that report. But uh, New York has made some changes. New York City population eight and a half million. And minutes ago, it announced a new policy covering people caught with small amounts of marijuana. Rather than reaching for the handcuffs, cops will now have the option of writing a ticket and sending pot users on their way. The move starts November 19th, and it's to deal with the disproportionate number of minorities who are arrested for pot possession under the city's much-criticized stop-and-frisk policy. The New York Times reports a study from the director of the Marijuana Arrest Research Project. It found 86% of arrests through August for carrying pot 
were of blacks or Latinos. Joining me now to talk about this, the editor-in-chief of High Times Magazine. I don't think we need to hear any more. I think that pretty much sums it up right there. So yeah. it's a good adjustment. So now there's been some local crap going on. Like, well, And actually, one of them starts in... It's funny. I call it local because our local news is reporting yeah, on it. Like it's, it's a lo- but it's actually not a local it's, story. It's a Denver it? story. God, yeah. I hate this. What's going on, Chase? All right. So here's the deal. Obviously, you know, it's legal out there in uh, in Colorado, and so recreationally, Chase. Yeah, recreationally. So what's going on is businesses are wanting to set up shop, right? You know, they want locations and places to go. Well, what's going on is. The neighboring businesses, yeah, not so friendly, d- are they, they don't like it very much. So, <laughs> so the funny thing is, about a two oh, dozen, two dozen pot shops opened up a stretch along Broadway. They called it Broadsterdam. Broadsterdam, yeah. And they had this idea. They had this marketing idea, and they want to get all the businesses on this on hey, this stretch in- involved. And they're going to call it. Get this, Chris. I'm ready. The Green Mile. Oh. That's- that's, Hello, that's, everybody. Yeah. That's good. So anyway, uh, not all businesses are pleased. For example, owner of Heidelberg Antiques, James Nestler, says, we don't want to work with you. Oh. Your customers, they're the long-haired, stinky types. They go around touching everything, and they don't buy anything. I don't. That sounds like an old man who's a uh, jerk. Hold on. Let, you want me to do this, an old man? Hey. 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 You know, hold on. You know, your customers... They're hippies. They, they got long hair. They come into our store. They smell. And they just touch everything. And they don't buy anything. Back in my day, you chewed tar. Uh, the meeting, uh, as described, went downhill from there. Uh, obviously, yeah. you know, the one of the things is that they're trying to say is, well, hey, you know, we are bringing business into a neighborhood that had no business. Right, right There right. were a lot of closed-up shops. There was nothing happening. And now this area is kind of a thriving thing right. with with lines going out the door. And tax revenue out the ass. Exactly. So isn't it interesting that uh, – so here's let's, – let's real talk, Chase. Yes. So uh, a couple of people decide to have a business idea. Okay. They go meet with a couple other people. Okay. Those people are assholes and they're jerks. And they kick those other people out and say, no, thanks. We don't want to work with you. Okay. How many times a day do you suppose this happens in America? Oh. Hundreds? Thousands? Thousands. Absolutely. But yet, for some reason, when it happens in Colorado, it gets picked up not just by our local news, but by the AP. AP pushed this everywhere. 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 Everywhere is talking about this. Yeah. To me, this is a non-story because the same thing could happen to a, uh, a, a like a smoke shop, to a, a liquor store, to a porn store. The same thing could happen well, to a gambling establishment. The same thing could yeah. happen to a barbecue restaurant or a Hooters, right? It, all of these, like you could you could replace the name, but they wouldn't. That story wouldn't go national. Yeah, but it it almost got so bad, in fact, that the Central Colorado City of Manitou Springs voted last week on whether or not to kick out. The recreational shops. Never going to happen. The ballot measure was proposed by the other business owners who complained that the dispensary was causing harm to the tourist town's family-friendly reputation. The uh, measure failed, Hmm. by the way. By the way, you know, I always, like I say, I like looking at the comments on this. And I think this top comment really says it the best. You know, uh, this guy, his name's Yuma Sun Bum. (laughs) That's a good one. He says, the problem... Is the feds have been pumping crap about weed for so many years People that are there are out. 
that they, they that, that people actually believe them. So when yeah. a pot shop opens and the, and the NIMBYs come out and full force screaming that they don't want a, those shops in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The truth is weed is far less hazardous than tobacco. It's neither habit forming or nor does it contain the carcinogen. Uh, thank you very much that tobacco has. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, this Same is just, with booze, right? This is just pushing the nar- narrative, a long hair, right. hippie type yeah. stereotypes that they touch anything and they don't buy anything. It's, it's, it's buying into 30, 40, 50 years of stupid propaganda that like nobody bothered to Google on their own. Like if you buy into some of that stuff, shame on you. Yeah. Go go learn how to use Google or DuckDuckGo and just spend 20 minutes doing some research. You know what? Why don't you guys go download a great app on Android? It's called Leafly. Yeah. It's very educational. There you you learn a lot of information. Just spend some time. And you just know what? learn. And like, here's, Read. Like, here's my take. Like, I have, here's my opinion. Like, if uh, if cannabis isn't for you, great. Uh, you know what isn't for me? Like, sugar. Like, I've been cutting that out of my diet. But you know what? Sugar is for a lot of people. Yeah. For me, I have bad side effects. Yeah. I have bad side effects from for sugar. Me. Uh, cigarettes are awful. Oh, totally, I, right? I can't stand it. Ruins your voice as a uh, podcaster. Dude. You know, Don't do it, Chase. Oh, no. I, and, you know, I hate going to casinos or, like, when we go, we go through the non-smoking you, area. Like, and, it, when I go to a casino, like, no joke. When yeah. I go to a casino and then I have tech talk in the morning the next day, like, because yeah. I went there for a friend. It was his birthday. I went and said hi to him. Yeah. I was only there for, like, two hours. I didn't gamble. I didn't drink. All I did was just said hi to folks and talked kind of loudly because the casino's kind of loud. Yeah. My voice, like, was ruined the next day. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of things I don't do that I that a lot of people do do that they don't have any problems with. And I yeah. think, like, if just go do some research on your own. And if it's not for you, no judgment. Totally right. fine. Great. I just – I find it ironic that, you know, a lot of people – a lot of people voted in this state for it. They wanted it to happen. They wanted it to pass. Well, and just look at the, even more. It just happened all over again. Right. Got- oh, you know, Oregon, Alaska, D.C., Guam, uh, you know, all these all these places. But then, you know, obviously, then they don't want it next door. You know, they don't want a shop opening up next door. <clears throat> well, and- it's always like the – yeah, there's always that, though. Yeah. You know, it reminds me a little bit of racism or it reminds me a little bit of – uh, like classism, like yeah. all of those, it has it has elements of all of that. Yeah. One last thing, though. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, people who want to make money, mm-hmm. uh, they're not letting these little issues bother them. Uh, oh. They're just going to go ahead and uh, start making money. So where there is a gap in the market, there lies opportunity. This week, Las Vegas played host to a national cannabis trade show where investors will get to meet some of the companies in the new marijuana market. CNN's Miguel Marquez has more. The business of pot isn't waiting for laws to catch up. Here in Las Vegas, investors taking a risk for possibly huge returns as the cannabis industry is moving fast to capture a market just emerging from the shadows. So this is Troy Dayton. You're the CEO and co-founder of Arcview Group, which has invested in marijuana businesses for some time. How is this business growing? Uh, well, in 2013, our research arm put this at a $1.5 billion industry, the legal cannabis market, growing to a $2.6 billion industry this year. Hey, Chase. Yes, Chris. Um, you ever think of maybe that instead of doing this podcasting thing, we should uh, begin making some of this weed money? <sighs> God, uh, all right. We should be all making, right. like, let's just quit our jobs, both of us. We'll quit is, our is jobs. Is your name Deanna Troy? No. Uh, I swear I thought it was because you must be reading my mind right now. <laughs> uh, so here, here's what I'm thinking. And maybe we should let, leave it to the chatters. Maybe we should put it to our unfiltered patrons. But what seems if, like we could be making a lot more money getting in on this. And, dude, like real talk, we could just be doing this as IT. You and I could go in there. We could do IT for the cannabis business, dude. We could rock that. 
We could make so much money. I, we could do security implementation, full network infrastructure rollout, uh, web presence, social networking, what, what, YouTube freaking videos. What, what would you say if we uh, came up with a plan and try to put it on Indiegogo or Kickstarter and mm-hmm. see if we can make it happen? I don't even think we need to do that. I think, honestly, we could – you and I, we could come up with – dude, You're I have – playing with my dreams, I, Chris! No, here – dude – Screw the internet. Screw Indiegogo. We just go to these cannabis companies directly and say, hello, my name is Chase News, my name is Chris Fisher, and here's what I can do for you. Trust me, we could we could seal these deals. We have 10 years of experience in doing this. I'm telling you, this is a freaking gold mine that we are, honest to God, seriously ignoring right now. Just think about that. Just think about this. Uh, we're going to go eventually watch Inter- Interstellar. I've already seen it. You haven't. We're going to go watch it. We're going to have dinner, and we're going to bring some paper or, or, or a tablet. And I, I, I We're going to run some numbers? We, we really should run some numbers. The legal cannabis market growing to a $2.6 billion industry this year. That's a 68% increase. 68%. And you see that going on in years Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's you. You will not find another industry growing at this clip. Businesses like David Hua and his MeadowCare app, operating for now only in California. Yes. Yeah, How does it work? That. We'll choose Vaporim. The menu loads up. You can choose from flowers, topicals. So I want. Ma- I want a, a quarter ounce of Mob Boss. All right. We'll get a quarter <laughs> Mob Boss. Let's do that. Chris. Chris. Just the way he had to pick Mob Boss. Yeah. Uh, but the way he was so pronounced, I want a quarter ounce of Mob Boss. Like you said it before, too. Yeah, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, well, I know what I want. I like the way it makes me sleep. And then once you're done, you check out and you place your order. And then how soon before it shows up at your door? An hour. Hour or less. Companies extracting oil from cannabis among the most popular with the concentrated oil used in everything from medicine to vaporizers to candy. How big has your company gotten? This last year, we've grown 400%. 400%? Yes. We'll grow twice that much next year, definitely. Hey, Chase, uh, 400%. And today's edibles, not your dorm room pot brownies. Most- Chase, did you see onion rings on that? Were those pot onion rings, Chase? Were, th- were those Funyuns? Those were, those were, I, I, those were, hold on, back up. I think those were pot They're onion definitely. rings. Definitely. I'm hungry and right today's now. today's edibles, wow. not your. Okay, so I'm seeing, uh, so I'm seeing some cheese curd things, some pretzel things. All right. Or dorm room pot. Those those are definitely onion rings. Yeah. And those are popcorn. That, that's a pretzel, I think. And those are Aunt Duel's cookies. I don't know what those are, but God, I'm really hungry now. Hot brownies. <laughs> Our most popular product is the savory pretzels because people expect the it brownie, was a pretzel. They sweet. They expect sort of the snack food. Our pretzels are not going to impact your sugar. They're not going to be unhealthy. They're- Actually, that's that's not true. Your body will still convert them into sugar. Something you could eat every day. Business is here. Just the tip of the green iceberg. Oh, in Oregon and Alaska, the two newest states whose voters said yes to recreational pot on election day, Arcview conducted its own market research. In those two states alone, in just the first year, the estimated take of recreational pot about two hundred and seventy-seven million dollars. So I'm thinking we shoot low. We go for five hundred k of that. We just get 500 I'm okay with that. Tax revenue estimated about $30 million. Marijuana acceptance becoming law of the land. 23 states plus the District of Columbia now allow medical marijuana. 11 more allow specific types of medical marijuana in limited cases. On the recreational side, Uh marijuana legal in Colorado and Washington now approved and coming to Alaska, Oregon, and D.C. in 2016 
five more states will have pot legalization propositions on the ballot by 2019. Notice it's the left coast, by the way. Yeah, Eric's is, uh, Eric in the chat room right now says, goodbye, left coast. Hello, high coast. <laughs> in 17 states and D.C., buying a joint as easy as buying a beer. Public support for changing our marijuana laws is growing very rapidly. It's just a matter of time before we see enough states take this on and potentially see the federal government take this on. What the pot industry wants most, banking laws change so they can operate like any other business. That would take an act of Congress and a presidential signature. Or Bitcoin. A tall order for a federal government which has so far decided not to partake. Jeez, got to get a joke in there at the end, Chase. So uh, there you go. The investors are up. We got money to make. I've lost you now. You're all thinking. You're thinking about. You're thinking about other ways to make money right now. You're not even listening to me. <laughs> you're thinking. Of, you're, you're. I've lost you. I'm thinking of company names that yeah. we can form. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, just the whole- dude. We yeah. should play with the name unfiltered. Because think about it like the unfiltered cannabis experience or something like that. Yeah. Like the un- like there's something there, man. Yeah. We could branch this into a whole consulting brand. We could get in there in the IT level. We focus on that. We could do YouTube and video marketing. We could set up all this stuff for them. You could do vo- you specifically, man. You could do the voiceover for the ads. It'd be solid. And we could edit it. We could edit the ads for them. We are the complete package, my friend. It is kind of ridiculous. It's kind of freaking me out right now how much of a package. Carly Rae Jepsen can go up on stage and share it to the world. Now, granted, there is a place where you can go and give us your feedback and thoughts. Let us know. Are we crazy to want to make a marijuana (laughs) LLC empire? (laughs) Head over to unfiltered.reddit.com where you can get yourself engaged in the great conversations that are happening. Um, not only that, but you're submitting stories that go right into the show. Boom. We just recently eclipsed 1,600 readers in our unfiltered subreddit. 1,600? So, what are you talking about? I, what are you talking about? 1,609. What? That's crazy, Wait, right? and nine? It just yeah. went up one just in the time yeah. that I... Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Unfiltered.reddit.com. Make your voice heard. What kind of content you want to see. Your comments. Really, I would really, really like to see more comments. Do not be afraid. Conversation to share. is key. That is a this is a judgy free environment unless you're really batshit. I think I'm going to get in there and just start chatting it up. I, I just think I have. I feel to do like that. people are intimidated, and I think we need to get through that. Yeah. No, we're friendly. We're yeah. nice guys. Yeah. Hey Chase. Yes, uh, Chris. You ever do anything online in the social capacity where I could follow you in 140 characters? Yes. Or less? Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at Nunes N U N E. Twitter. This is new. Yeah. This is new. I got an idea. 140 characters. They should run with it. By the way, I know this was not apical to the show, but a good friend of mine, friend of the show. Just bought a brand new TV. He bought Hey-o. a Panasonic TV. Oh. He changed the volume, and guess what he got? Ads. Ah! I cannot believe that. I couldn't believe it either. Check Chase's Twitter feed for uh, a screen cap of that. Now, I showed it last night to Ange. We couldn't. We were uh, we were laying in bed together. Oh, uh, like really? I, 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 when I saw that, I went off. I was I like, unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. it. We had a moment. <laughs> Follow me, twitter.com slash Chris Les for uh, less egregious moments. Are you More saying like, that I, I was involved in that moment in some. You sim- in a I moment. I was in bed with. You were. Yes. I don't want to think about this. Okay. Twitter.com slash Chris Les. Information about the shows, announcements, things like that. Uh, go oh, ahead yes. and check that. Chase, you do any podcast? Yeah, you go to geekgamer.tv. By the way, we're going to be doing a live show tomorrow. Woo! Minecraft me. So join us tomorrow on geekgamer.tv. We do the show every single week, Wednesday evenings. We're going to start a little later because I get off work later. Yeah, uh, but you know, if you go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash cam, it always keep you up to date on what we got going on. Yes. All right, everybody. Well, thank Ooh. you so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. See you right back here next, next week. week.
Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah, buddy. Right. Oh, uh, so, oh, yeah. So, Chris, here, I'm on the, the Department of Revenue site for Washington State registering a business. Um, what What do you think? <laughs> we got to think about it, dude. Yeah, I know. No, I think we got to have. We got to. I mean, I just feel like this is a decision we can't make without some barbecue involved. No, we, we have to sit down and do this because. Yeah. Well, you know, this is an industry that, you know. You can get in on the ground floor on. Now it's time to make money, Chase. And we, we have the know-how. We have the collective brain power. I know. Let's I make know. this happen. All right. In the meantime. Let's go boat. JBTitles.com, everybody. Let's boat on a title. And uh, then we'll decide uh, when we're going to go see Interstellar and then decide our future plans to make billions. <laughs> Lube the pipes. <clears throat> Eric. Uh, as, as much as I love it... Uh, it, it won't get the Google juice. It probably should be about net neutrality, though. It, it should be. That was be. definitely our most in-depth conversation. Uh, I, you know what? I, I know it's going to be a little long. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, hold wait, on. Let wait. me. Ladies and gentlemen, Chase Nunes is now submitting his title suggestion. Please stand by as one of the hosts of Unfilter prepares his title for you in the JBLive.TV chat room, which will then be submitted to our voting panel via our custom bot. Written by the show's editor. I got it. Title two, net neutrality. Fight. So I, uh, I like. Okay, title two, boy, that's interesting. Putting that, I like. Okay, so I was gonna suggest something like net neutrality. It's not that simple, or something like that. What do you think of that? Net neutrality. It's not that simple. Because what I want to tell people is, I think a lot of people in my community are all in on it, yeah. like on the face of it, which. They may be right, but they might also be wrong. And what I want to do is have a title that says to somebody, hey, if you've come to a conclusion about net neutrality, please watch this episode and just think about it from all angles. That's How do you come up with a... I mean, could it just be net neutrality from all the angles? But that doesn't really grab people as much. Like, what's a title that says, if you've already made up your mind, watch this? The real truth of net neutrality. The real problem with net neutrality? The real problem, the real issue... Uh, net neutrality really explained. Net neutrality really explained. That's not bad. It's going to be pretty taken, though. I know. Huh. Yeah, the chat room's working hard. I feel like they're working hard. Like, I definitely feel like they're with us tonight. Like, they're working with us tonight on this. This is good. I feel like they're definitely on the right track. Carly uh, Ray, you know, net neutralized. <laughs> People won't kind of be searching for that, and it might get lost. The high cost of neutrality. The high cost of neutrality. That's funny. Uh, Obama's net neutrality. Because he did come out, you know. Yeah. I want a quarter of mob boss. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he said it. Super good, uh, right? Yeah, I would like a quarter of mob boss. Uh, yeah, please. Like, get my get my regular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so where where do I put in my frequent buyers club card in there? Uh, how do I do that exactly? Uh, how about uh, net neutrality? Another perspective. Another perspective on net neutrality. It's really super long. I'd yeah. really love it to be three words. Um, net neutrality in depth. It's not bad, but I feel like that sounds almost kind of dry. Consequences of net neutrality? Just sort of grab them and hit them in the face with our dick and just be like... Because that's going to grab the people that assume like, oh man, these must be a bunch of right-wing assholes. That'll get all those people. Eric just suggested deep on net neutrality. 
Net neutrality <laughs> explore dick slap neck neutrality. <laughs> Probably shouldn't go with that. No, I wouldn't go with that. <laughs> uh, Rakai, net neutrality explained. Yeah, no, that's there's no, some YouTube video. Yeah, no. yeah. Oh man. Um Net neutrality. Net neutrality lemmings, net neutrality zombies, net neutrality uh Yes, men. Net neutrality challenges. Net neutrality challenges. Net neutrality drawbacks. Net neutrality truth. The truth about net neutrality? Is that too long? Net neutrality truth is pretty good. Yeah, I like net neutrality truth because it fits in the three-word thing. Hammy, Hammy got a deep impact of net neutrality. <laughs> in the pipes. Reading the Rosetta Stone of net neutrality to get the uh, lander in there. Uh, <clears throat> Putin's coat of net neutrality. Did you, did you notice how they played the B-roll of Putin, like uh, adjusting his sleeves like a yeah, boss? Yeah, twice? he's like, uh, yeah. Uh, God, that man knows how to walk. Yeah, doesn't know how to stand with a straight tie. He's got a nice swagger. He cannot stand with a straight tie, but he definitely if he's in motion, he's, he's looking a, okay. He's got a nice swagger to him. He walks like a fucking lion. By the way, big props to Stephen who jumped on board during our show and became a patron. Yeah, seriously. During Thank the you, show. Man. Thank you so much. Net neutrality realities. Net neutrality realities isn't bad. Net neutrality realities. Net neutrality realities. Hmm. Net neutrality realities. Net neutrality reality. Net neutrality reality. What do you think of net neutrality reality? I like that. I like how it kind of rolls. That's got my... I kind of like that too. Net, net neutrality, neutrality reality. reality. I think that's not bad. Done! All right. Okay. I, and I think uh, that's Newt, right? Newt uh, N3WT. Hopefully that's Newt. So are, are we good with that? Net neutrality reality? I'm going to write it down right now. now. He said net neutrality realities. Yeah, I, know, I know. I know. Yeah. So do we give it to him? Do you think? Uh, yeah, we give it to him. Absolutely. Think, even though he didn't... He, he, it's a form of the word, and if we're playing uh, $100,000 pyramid, that would count. You think so? If it's a form of the word, uh, uh, judges... Yeah, we'll give it to him. Yeah, he, he's got it. All right, okay. The judges are okay with it, Chase? Judges are okay. Uh, okay, well, if the judges are okay with it, then ladies and gentlemen, I you know they you. it. They I'm it. dropping off laughing. This is what I'll say. Oh, good job, everybody. Nice Thank you so much, Charu. Once again, you nice. pull through. On another episode uh, of What the Hell We Do Without This Chat Room and our supporters. Oh, Together, they finally have empowered us, Chase, to get yes. through 122 episodes. Yes. Together, they form a foundation in which we stand upon to broadcast for a hundred episodes. Am I overdoing it? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I got really excited for a second. Okay. It might be the music. Thanks to all 348 of you who support us on patreon.com slash unfilter. Until next week. See you back here, buddy. Thanks, supporters. Good night, everybody. Love you. Love you, too. Mm-hmm.